The following podcast may be explicit. Good King Drizzy of Hooktown on Minnesota lands and a searching fungi ran about by the half a dozen. Gloomy was the sky that night, for it was a cavern. When good Drizzy's his friends he met in a local tavern. Bring me flesh and bring me wine, bring it to me hither. Thou and I, we both shall dine when we shall go thither. Deep into the dungeon deep, killing at our leisure. Therein we shall kill some stuff, then we'll take its treasure. Driss there with his merry band to the caves descended. Vorpal swords went snicker snack, and much flesh was rended. Therefore, if you find yourselves in dungeons aboding, better run before they come. Avoid your flesh eroding. Merry Dritzmas, everyone. Welcome. No, don't do that. It was going to be smooth as silk. Slow clap. It's gonna be smooth as silk. <laughs> that was that was a great song. <laughs> and I damn you, yeah, and damn you <laughs> oh for my ruining God. my favorite Christmas Carol. Damn, was, damn you to hell. Uh, I, that's my favorite Christmas Carol too. Good wow, King, what's was, his name? Was my favorite. Thank was, you for joining that us was nice. for season sixteen, episode fourteen of Happy Jack's Overture Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. I I am Tim. Hey, this is Dan, and this is Wayne. And we're joined Yay. by Dan and Wayne from Fear of the Boot. Thank Fearing you. Fearing of the Boot. Thank you for joining See, us. Dan, oh, no. I think you should ask Stu to uh, make you a song for Gnarl. <laughs> well, well, okay, I so I want to know if this Driss was Drissmas? Drissmas, yeah. You, this is like Dritz Dorton? Or how, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because I haven't seen this in writing. I'm just hearing it said, so I, I'm not... D-R-I-Z-Z-T-M-A-S. I'll take a picture okay. of the poster and I'll post it on my Instagram so oh, there you people go. who are curious can see it. Point the microphone a little more at your face. Okay. Uh, it's you. it's based on the novels, right? You, you haven't read the novels? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It's the one where the, the guy, the, the evil drow is like <laughs> grumpy and then there's like the little tiny there's, Tim yeah. guy with mm-hmm. the, th- right? No, I, see, I never and read the any of those. the three ghosts? Oh. Only- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Three ghosts. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> so like bringing the, the, frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you're getting uh, Charles Dickinson is, is written by who was it? Bob Salvatore. Yeah. yeah. Ari That's Salvatore. right. Ari Salvatore. Salvatore. Yeah. I don't know if he goes by Bob. I don't know I'm him sorry, that well. Charles Dickens. I said Dickinson. <laughs> you're right. It's not. Yeah. It's Charles Dickens. So it should be Robert. Charles Emily Salvatore. Dickinson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> Angie Dickinson. <laughs> and everybody who's ever read anything is rage quitting, quitting right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. the listeners are gone. Our listeners. So Ari Salvatore has written a bunch of novels about this ranger drow that has a flaming sword. Well, there, I think the, the original the original novels were the something shard, crystal shard, or something like that. And that was the yeah, that was the I think, so. I think the series that he appeared in, but it's like a little D and D party because there's like a 
halfling and whatever. Tyler's not here. He would know. He would know. But I didn't read those. I actually read the the Dritz. Uh, Menzo Baranzin. Uh, I'm trying and, to remember what yeah. they were called. Exile, <laughs> Sojourn, and something else. But they yeah. were basically the, what do you call that? The uh, Modules? No. <laughs> No, they're novels. <laughs> well, they're novels, but what, it's it's like the it's like the Wolverine mov- movie. It is a blank story, a origin, origin story. Origins. Comic Charades. book geeks, hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't know how we wouldn't have picked up from yeah, your great descriptions, I have, I have dude. No idea. No yeah. idea. The word origins. But that's and, and anyway, and it's a long tradition. It's been going on for probably four or five years. It's okay, Stu. I'm good at teaching English. I'll, I'll, Are you? Yeah, awesome. I'm, I can speak it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I've never read any of the Dritz books, but I know they have them on uh, on Audible, and I keep looking at the audiobook thinking about it. Mm. Wayne, uh, let me save you a little bit of time. You have already read all of the good D&D novels. <laughs> <laughs> You've um, read none, of course, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, if if you're into that kind of fantasy, if you're into D&D fantasy, the, the Dritz yeah. novels are not bad. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I they're mean, not they're, bad. They're, they're not literary good. works. I mean, you're not going to find them on the shelf with listen, listen, Shakespeare. They're in, hugely in, popular. Oh, they're hugely stuff. successful. Yeah. Stu actually has read them, and they I read don't three suck. of them. Yeah, they don't mm. suck. That's the thing you can say. They don't suck. There Ari are a Salvatore, lot. Ari Salvatore can write. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. There are a lot of D and D novels that do suck. They were they were fangasms for people who thought Trix is so cool because he's a drow and he has two scimitars and, and he's awesome. tiger and Black Panthers fire one, and one fairy Black magic. Well, he has right. one Black Panther. It, yeah. he, has, he has a flaming scimitar in one hand and named what? I don't remember. No, he didn't have those in the or in the origin Tinder books. or something. And then the it other was one fire was fire and ice. Twinkle later. It's yeah. It's twinkle and something. Yeah. Twinkle and little okay, star. Okay. So uh, what's what's his panther? Was it Gwenhuvar? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Gwenhuvar. Yeah. It's it started out as a little idol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so spoilers. Anyway, I'm so for those of you who are gonna read it. Spoilers. And now it's Christmas. So on this show, we're gonna get an email from Andreas from Sweden who asks, "Do we really need character advancement?" And other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan really, writes in. Really, can I California, finish this? Please? Is it really Andreas's fault? Can I can I finish this? I, I, <laughs> I wanted to get the joke in while it was still Andreas. Well, um, no, we're going to get to him again because right. he's the first team. But go ahead. No, I'm done now. It was it was a one liner. You didn't hear it. It was an earthquake joke. Yeah, those aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are if you're in Sweden. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> if, if you're not in California, they're hilarious. <laughs> or Fukushima. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Morgan writes in with an epiphany about GMs, players, and preparation. Chris asks uh, for advice on scheduling, on a scheduling mess, and Toby writes in with some thoughts on Kickstarter. So, what are you guys doing right now? Not like right now, but like, what is Fear the Boot like working on now? Because you guys always have something going. Oh, good heavens! Uh, let's see. I mean, obviously, the show itself. Uh, apart from that, we're actually kind of between projects. Uh, there's a, an actual play that is getting toyed around with that may or may not get released. I don't know what's going on with that exactly. Um, so, of course, we got Sojourn 1 and 2, but that was last year. So, at the moment, nothing really. It's an actual play of what system? The first game so far has been D and D Fifth Edition. Okay, what do you guys think? I really like it personally. 
Uh, I haven't played a lot of D&D. I played a lot of Pathfinder. But I like a lot of what they did in 5th edition. I think it feels... You feel epic from the beginning. Even as a level 1 with like no hit points, I still feel like I can do things. Yeah. So at the low levels, I enjoy it a lot more. I mean, it's still... I wouldn't call it you know my, my favorite system or anything, because I tend more towards like fate games and just less crunchy, I think. But overall, I really enjoy the changes they've made. You know, we should hold on to that thought, because I actually perused the emails, and that ties in very well with one of these emails. All right. Look at that. I'm foreshadowing. See how that is? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Literary reference. Uh-huh. All right. I could have said foreskinning, but... Uh. Would either of you like to read the first email from Andreas in Sweden? Wayne, you do it. <laughs> All right. Look, they were fighting over it. I could tell. <laughs> but I want you to read the whole thing. The whole thing. It is a log email. No, no, that's not what I'm referring to. Oh. <laughs> I know what he's referring to. I used to do it in the car lifting crew. Andreas and Sweden. No, no, you didn't read the title. Oh. Do we need character advancement and failure of Rollmaster from Andreas and Sweden? There we go. Now, Rollmaster is what they call like a DM, a game master, right? No, Rollmaster no, is no, a, game. a game. Oh. It's old game. But yeah, yeah, it's a system, yeah. I've just made somebody Sweden was said like three times and no one's so, making wait, board, wait, board, wait, board comments. Hold on, pause. So. <laughs> Rollmaster, you thought that they had a different name for Game Masters in Sweden, but the name is in English? No, no, no. They, that, that, uh, instead of calling them GMs, they call them Rollmasters? That's his Unt Rollmaster, yeah. I actually yeah. ran into this on Twitter the other day. I was, ah, kind of I was, and I don't remember what the word was. It was something like that, where they had a different term that was similar to Dungeon Master, but it was something else, and I forget. And it took me a minute with this person I was tweeting with okay. to figure out what it, they were talking about. But they were from Europe, I'm not sure. It'd be like Roland Spoogle or something. I don't no, know. no, no, no. It was... Roland Spiegel? Das Roland Spiel. I get that, because, you know, if you were to translate Swedish to English, you could get Rollmaster out of GM. Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was from Sweden. It just... It just Linked, I, that linked me with that. The that thing is, well, the most no, Swedish people I'm speak English really better than we do. I'm also really tired, and I've had a lot of wine already. <laughs> and so. you're normally you're too young to remember Rollmaster, too. Too There's young that. to remember Rollmaster. Wasn't Rollmaster the one we used to call Chartmaster? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we did call it Chartmaster. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Normally, Rollmaster is a game. It came out of the basis normally? of... Normally? Okay. Well, I'll explain okay. it. It came out of the basis of D&D way back in the day. It was... <laughs> Originally started as a bunch of roll aids. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll uh, aids. That's it. Roll aids. It really was R O L E A I D S, and then all that became Rollmaster. Um, but <laughs> then they got bought out by Tums. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but he actually misspells it as R O L L Master. So I, maybe that English is in his first language. So yeah, I don't know if that's purposeful or I, not. But his grasp of English <laughs> is better than ours of Swedish. So carry on. Okay. Hi, Stu and the car lifting crew. Andreas in Sweden here. In parentheses, please don't read this letter on a show with Angry GM, as he will just spout some nonsense if he has no sensible thing to say and choke on any sensible discussion. Which goes well after the Rolling Tums comment. <laughs> to my point, that guy who wrote in to you about a role master game. No, Rob, you do not have to put points into basic human functions for your character in RM that would be a draft design. 
where yeah. a player spent four hours making a paladin that then got killed by a crit made me think about what's wrong with both D&D, Rollmaster, and so many other games. This is the real problem. In so many games, old school RM is excessively prone to this. You start out as a schmuck, a level one wizard in D&D with one HP. You see the point? So what can be done? What should have been done by the GM in the game mentioned about? You must tell a new player that regardless of the picture on the book or the text on the box, you will start out with a character that's more brittle than China, and you should not even think about doing anything brave. Yes! Absolutely! <laughs> He's right! To successfully play a low-level D&D or RM, and I have to say, every time I read RM, I almost say BM. <laughs> you should just say Rollmaster. To, to play low-level D&D or BM. Or bowel movements. <laughs> takes excessive care and patience with skulking and running away. It's not the heroic adventure it advertises. No, as. it isn't! It's the old bait and switch. Look, I got this really cool picture. Oh, I gotta run from a rat. <laughs> this kind of play can be fun if you go into it with open eyes. I think the hobby is obsessed with progression and of piling on stuff through play. So it makes you start out super weak so you can grow into your superpowers. Many games break down when you play them long enough as the piling on crushes the foundation. I don't think it's needed. I'd suggest that GURPS would work just fine without any advanced mechanics at all. If you can design your character, you don't need to keep mutating. It just creates a mutated monster not fit to live. <laughs> Traveler famously did not have much advancement in it at all. Already back in 1977, even though it has a random character gen. Thoughts? Many games suck at the start because <laughs> your character is weaker than you are. Introducing a hobby using one of those games is just bad, and D&D is one of those games. Sadly, as that is the game most people encounter first. Anyway, there are my two Eurosense. <laughs> I think he brings up some very good points. <clears throat> well, that... that that's one one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about first off is uh, just in, generally I, I in a lot of D and D versions people don't start at first level if they've ever if they've played more than one or two campaigns. Well, yeah. currently yeah. they start at third or they start at fifth or yeah. something. I can't remember the last time I started a game at first level. Well, you're a min maxer, so <laughs> I'm not a min maxer. You watch your filthy tongue. I can a few weeks ago, but it was D and D five. So <laughs> even my D and D five game, I started at uh, second level. I could see after playing a while, wanting to jump up to a higher level. And like Pathfinder, I never started anything less than level three if I was starting a game. But yeah, I look I at something like uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, <laughs> and the uh, the character funnel just seems like it would be yeah. so much fun. And you're not even level one there yet. Starting at level zero with four characters, knowing they're going to die. <laughs> that, that sounds fun to me. And even more fun running that sounds like fun to me. You start with four I'm, characters? Yes. Yep. So Dungeon Crawl Classics, you start off as four zero-level peasants. You don't have a class. You don't have basically anything, and you're extremely squishy. And then you play the first adventure, and whatever character survives, if that's any. the character you play. <laughs> yeah, if any character survives, yeah. that's who you play. Yeah. If uh, 
more than one survives, you get to pick from those which one you're going to play. But you will die, and you will die from very, very trivial things. Yeah, um, I've I've always wanted to run it because I want to kill a lot of play- uh, characters. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Freudian slip there. Uh, we heard it. One gear item, and that gear item may not be a weapon. It could just be something like a brag doll, and that's your gear. Yeah, for, for example, a you get a profession. This was your profession before you started your adventure. And farmers, for example, get one livestock animal. You could have a chicken, you could have a cow, whatever. That's your item. Is, do you get to pick, or is it randomly rolled? Uh, that one you get to pick what animal, but okay. you randomly roll what your profession was. <laughs> okay. God, that's some depressing. Or interesting. welcome to welcome to real life. That's right? why we play role playing games. <laughs> yeah, right? real life the role playing game. <laughs> Dark Ages the RPG. <laughs> you get the plague, you're dead. Roll a new character. Right? <laughs> so what do you what do you think about his idea of like making the character where you want the character to be, and then foregoing character advancement? I really get the point of it too, because there's one person I play with frequently that always wants to be a veteran character and if you make a veteran character it makes no sense if you're starting at level one because you can't fight anything right and i i enjoy advancement i enjoy it a lot i enjoy getting new stuff being able to play with new things but i don't personally need it unless we're starting at that low level well that's if everybody's starting at level one I, that's one thing. Now you get a chance to develop. But if if it's if other people show up with their min max characters and they've you know optimized their character build, and you show up and like, yeah, I just rolled randomly and kept the rolls, and here we go. And now all of a sudden you're inefficient. You're not good. You can't do anything well. And you're like, I'm not playing the same game you guys are. Generally speaking, D and D is a from zero to hero game. You start it it it. So it's designed. That's the way it's designed. Yeah, it's it's like you're playing Frodo in in Lord of the Rings. You start out as just this dude who's got a garden, and oh, now I've got a sword, so I'm a first level fighter. But by the time you come back, you're you know a twentieth level yeah. rogue, and you've got all these treasures and all that. Survive kind of stuff. the Battle of the Somme. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. It, it's designed other, to be the hero's journey. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. GURPS, on the other hand, and other games like GURPS, uh, is not. Right. They're set up to be you're playing this character at this particular level, and that's what you're going to play. You show up when as I... Vin Diesel. You show up already being a <laughs> badass driver. You show up already with an ominous voice. Well, it depends on how many points you start out with. <laughs> but, but yeah. I can say when I run Mutants and Masterminds, I don't do character advancement because they're already so ridiculously powered at whatever level I start them at that it just it loses all fun when you start throwing too much stuff at them. I kind of feel that same way about Hero, the one Hero game that I played. We what, it, it was Champions, it was Superhero? No, it was uh, fan, Hero uh, Fantasy. Oh, okay. But we we got a lot of XP, but I was like, man, what am I going to spend this XP on? Yeah. Well, you, you have to have a doctorate to figure out what you're well, going to spend XP on. Well, I, I, I had a doctorate by proxy. We were playing with Casey. Right. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're ever playing Hero Superheroes, just... 
make an armored character because you can always buy another laser, freaking laser, and stick right. it in her head. So, See, I love changing characters, but I don't necessarily need advancement. I want ways as a GM to hand out things to people that make sense. So if a character says they're going to the gym every day, I want them to be able to suddenly get stronger, especially if that was a weakness. But I don't want... It gets hard to run the game without it just being excessively long combats when combat comes around, when advancement comes into play. Yeah, there was a point that he raised in his email that I think he's absolutely right on, which is, you know, he says that we as role players have become too fixated on advancement, that a lot of role-playing games or a lot of role players have gotten into this mindset of something about the character has to be going up, the power has to be going up, numbers on your sheet somewhere are increasing. And uh, I think it's the way that does detract from the game, because the game ought to be about more than that. You know, there ought to be a story, there ought to be a personal progression. If you look at your own life, I mean, yes, there are certain things that improve over time, but... I mean, there is nothing in my life that I think comes even close to the sort of geometric or exponential progression that you would see between a level 1 and level 20 character. And so you, you know, the, the focus gets drawn away from how am I advancing as a person? What kinds of things am I accomplishing in the world? What about me is changing or evolving? And so it's just about this power curve. And I know when I play D&D, that temptation is there that at the end of the game, I want to know if I hit the next level so I can get that spell or that feat or that whatever. And that becomes a big focus. And yeah, I remember back when I was in high school, they gave us these stupid writing assignments. And they would give us these forbidden word lists. We weren't allowed to use these words at all. And they weren't obscenities. It was just words that they felt that people use too much when writing. You couldn't use words like very or really or whatever. And the point of it was not that there was anything wrong with those words, but the idea was to wean you off of them. They get you to communicate your ideas in a different way. And then, you know, once you've sort of broken that habit, then start reintroducing those words back into your vocabulary in a more balanced way. Right. You're not very tired. You're exhausted. Yeah, the, the only thing that pissed me off was I used the alternate use of very where I'd say, like, this very book, mm-hmm. and I, I got dinged a bunch of points for that. And it's like, uh, that's not what you guys are trying to stop. No. But <laughs> I was very impressed by your use of the word ought. I like that. That's very sexy. Oh, yo, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I've also I just use the word whence every so often, and nobody nice. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> He's an Anglophile, I can tell. I, I bet he says shunt and shant now and again. <laughs> I, I use thusly in work emails, and no one's ever said anything yet. That's because you work in Riverside, and they have no idea what you I work you're in Irvine. About. Oh, well, yeah. You work in Broville? <laughs> I do. I totally do. Dude, what's up, bro? I work in Irvine. Well, wait a minute. He had a point, but you haven't finished your point. Carry Sorry. on. Yeah, but, but my point is, I mean, therefore, ergo, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there may be some value in taking a group that has always played D&D or played games like D&D that are based on that par- character progression saying, okay, we're going to play a game where that's really not a thing. Where, you know, we're going to do D&D, but 
you're stuck in a particular level, or we're not going to do D&D at all. We're going to find a game where character advancement isn't that big of a deal. Uh, and, and, I mean, there's like a variety of games out there that, that would offer that option and get people to start thinking about their characters more as individuals, more as, as characters. You know, the way that you would think about them in a book, where their progression, their story is about more than just numbers on the page going up. There are, is a. Are there games that don't have character advancement rules? I was thinking about this when I originally got this email. Yeah, and I, I'm, there may be games I've never played, but all of the stuff I'm familiar with, I can't think of one game that doesn't. <laughs> the have only thing I can think of, no, really, all... just off the off the cuff, without delving into, is sort of Traveler. Now you can. No, Traveler's got character. You can learn new skills, but you actually have to like say. I want to learn a new skill, and this is the skill I want to advance, and I, it takes right. X amount of time, but th- it's not like you suddenly gain a new plateau and a whole bunch of new skills no. appear. No, well, it, it, it has a very slow character advancement, and I don't think you can advance stats at all. Um, right. And, and GURPS, you get character points, and you spend them on stuff, usually skills, because it's cheaper to spend them on skills than it is to spend them on stats. But and so your character still remain usually remains the same person, just gets a little better at it, I guess. Well, isn't that? But the But that's way still character advancement until you hit fifty, and then everything falls apart. And then, <laughs> yeah, then you start deducting points. Yes, there was a traveler. Actually, it's more like forty. <laughs> I think in traveler, like you have to start making a saving throw. Yeah, you start losing stats. Yes, yeah. yes, you do. There was <laughs> a there was a, a an OGL mod that was put out for, I think it was originally three five, and then it might have been morphed for Pathfinder. It was called E5, I think. And what it was is it gave you rules for running your complete fantasy game using only the first five levels of the game. So you capped out at level five, and that was your dude. Now, there were optional rules so that once you hit that, if you still kept playing, you could... uh, uh, you could get additional feats and stuff like that as as you continued gaming, but but pretty much that was the thing. It was well, we want to play normal people in these horrible horrible uh, like environments and such. So we'll cap it at fifth level. I was also going to say. Oh, go ahead. One thing I like that uh, Dresden Files did was when you get to minor milestones. Uh, you don't get anything really. I mean, there are some, depending what uh, the milestone is, you can get things, but you can move skills around. So you can get better at one skill while getting worse at another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like being able to, I like seeing characters change over the course of the game because of what they're doing. And that's why I like things like that, where I can say, okay, I've been shooting a lot lately. It makes sense that I'm going to get better. But I haven't been using a sword. I'm going to get rusty. No pun intended. No, that makes complete <laughs> sense. Oh, every so, pun so intended. Pretty mu- Always. <laughs> so pretty much what you're saying is that, uh, like in your example, as you get better in, and now I totally forgot what your first thing was. Shooting, I think. Yeah, shooting. Shooting, right. As you get better at shooting, you take the levels from sword to up the shooting because you haven't been using swords. So what happens is your sword goes down by a commensurate amount of how much your shooting goes up, yeah? Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. I like that mechanic. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it totally does. That's really cool. That's a lot of bookkeeping. 
Nah, not really. Well, if you're just transferring the numbers from one yeah. side. No, no. I just want to be able to shoot things and hit things with the sword at the same amount of skill. And, and, I mean, and what you're you're talking about. I, I think he was talking about fate. No, no. Where it's Fuck all... you guys. I want to be able to kill everything equally. <laughs> <laughs> guys in your... I need a stat for everything thing. This is where games get complicated. Now I'm rolling for every time I need to hit something. Oh, I got a melee combat with a sword. Oh, wait, I have a sword skill. Oh, wait. Have you ever played Amber Diceless? Uh, no. You might like that game. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard it. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. That... Could totally be someone's stripper could, name. It'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. we, we had this <laughs> <discussion>. <laughs> the, the nerd told, burlesque. Yeah, like we an, totally had this discussion. No, yeah, yeah. No, uh, That's right. I remember this yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amber, so Amber Diceless has ruined many a man. So what? What about the, the player's preference? Because it's I don't know. I think character advancement is in a lot of ways driven by players. Often, absolutely. Players want. I mean, when we're playing um, Star Wars: Edge of the Empire. The players are like looking in the book and they see that talent tree. Yeah. It's like, I want that one way down on the bottom where I have to get nine other things before I can get it. Right. That drives a lot of it. Yeah. Yes. Just so, making your I said that to a Chad game once and he tells us right at the beginning of the game, you know, hey, I don't want to keep track of any of this, so you guys just tell me when you feel like you should have leveled. <laughs> 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 I think more than anything, I mean, and, and yeah, that's actually a really good example because I'm not usually one who really cares much about about character advancement. Like, I like leveling, that's cool, but I'm not, like, counting the experience points and demanding at the end... You know, How much is, do I have? Yeah, at the end of every encounter, do I have a sword that has a name? <laughs> like, stuff like that. Like, that's not what I do, but with um, our Edge of the Empire game, I'm finding myself, like, very compelled with those, like, talent trees. It's kind of neat to, like, see your progress. Um, and it's something that's sort of, I think, Pavlovian in gamers. Like, we've been trained by video games and Yes, I was going like to say, it's <laughs> exactly what it is. You're Always walking like your way the up the tech tree. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to but level. I think character advancement predates computer games no, by a long time. It does. But you look at, like, what we were, we were talking about at our, our recent convention, uh, Pathfinder Society. It's almost completely motivated by that character advancement yeah. because you don't have that collaborative storytelling because you don't necessarily know or mesh well with the other players at your table. And I but quote, stop talking to my experience points. <laughs> but how much of that how much of that is predicated by the system you're playing? For instance, you're in Age of Empire, you're looking at these awesome talent trees, you're thinking, I want this and this and this and this and this. How often have you done that in the vampire game? Have it, I don't, I, but they don't have talent trees. I think no, but there's tons of stuff you can. Right. But it's like yeah, yeah, that's or a big game. game. Yeah, Same thing. I mean, yeah. Right. yeah, there's advancement there, but it's not. It's not the driving factor right. that it is yeah. in something like D and D. Right. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask, do you guys think that part of this is because I don't think it makes much of a difference if we're just looking at base numbers. Mm -hmm. I think the reason it makes such a big difference is that you get new stuff you can do in most games. Yes. yes. Right. So like when I'm looking at advancing in D&D, &D, we'll use as the example, because it's what the story started with here, I'm not looking at what's... Uh, you know what number am I going to have to hit or anything like that? I'm looking at what spells do I get to get if I'm doing a spellcaster? Yeah, right. Because I can do new things, and what it's the same thing with like superpowers. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to know what I can do that's new, yeah. and I think that's what really hits the new shiny and the the level up and the uh, the dinging progression or war. All of that 
more so than any of just the numbers. Mm -hmm. If I just get a little better at a skill, that's not a big a deal for me, and I don't strive for it. But if I'm getting to do brand new things that are nothing like what I could do before, then I'm chasing the shiny. Yeah. Yeah. I I argue that, sir. (laughs) When we were playing 4E, I don't know why we were, but we were. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hit that plateau, and I got a whole new set of, a set of spells. A whole new spell set. Suddenly, my character was a completely different character. I had no idea what all these spells did. Because I had just spent the first, I don't know, eight levels with these original spells. Now, I've got a whole new set of spells. I'm going to go try them out. I'm going to go walk down a corridor and try out my new spells. One of oh the most legendary <laughs> stories of this podcast. All right of a there. sudden, I had a brand new character. All of his motivations, all of the stuff that he had worked on, all of the spells that he had worked on, all of the things he had been trying, were completely evaporated, uh, and I had a whole new spell set. It was a new character. Right. And literally, just because I got like one more point in experience, bing, new character. And you were staring down the barrel of like 12 demons. Yeah, you decided. No, well, that, that's not my point. <laughs> As the squishy spellcaster to walk down the hall by yourself. Okay, I, I was playing a sorcerer. <laughs> And that I was, was playing, problem. and here's here's the problem. I actually was role playing was in, in D&D 4E. <laughs> and I was playing a sorcerer who's a charismatic, egotistical dick. And he was like, yeah, fuck it. I got a whole bunch of new spells. I'm going to walk down this corridor. And then proceeded to, you know, because that's what you would do. Start a six-hour combat. It, it was actually the wrong system to be role playing in, apparently. <laughs> It wasn't, yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it, and it made total sense for the character, but, and it was awesome until we got it to, like, our Nobody three died. of the combat. Nobody died. And we were like, everybody oh, fuck lived. the system, fuck the system. Everybody lived. Yeah, no, we all blame the system, not you, Star. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. You guys used, you mostly blamed him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, from what I heard, you, you blamed him. <laughs> we're retconning it. It'll be Anyway, fun. my point being that. I I actually liked a, a progress or, or a slow growth. Like uh, we're playing Vampire in the Masquerade right now, we, we accumulate points and then we can buy another uh, thing that we're good at or or another skill that we're good at, rather than just suddenly hitting a plateau and we get a whole bunch of new magical powers. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I mean, because like I said I want the new, but I don't. I wouldn't want it to all come at once. I look at uh, back when I played World of Warcraft, they would come out with a new patch and suddenly all the powers would work differently. And I wouldn't know how to play the character. I wouldn't even right. want to play the character yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, there's also the element of new system, like you were saying, the new shiny. But I feel like that's one of the things with our Edge of Empire game. It's all new and shiny. So we want to try the system. We want to try all the powers. I feel like our next Edge of Empire campaign, like it won't necessarily, we won't be quite as driven to, to the power creep as much because we don't want to like it we're not we're not stretching its wings so much then we like yeah. know a little bit more about the system right now and to be completely honest as someone who loves graphic organizers there's something about a talent tree that you just like want to progress it's like a little maze mm-hmm. and you just want to get farther like it's completely like the graphical like draw of it right. so if all I, I you don't win you can't win until you get to the bottom the, of the talent you have to tree get to, yeah it's right. like that's, a thing that's why i think it's system predicated i think it's all about the skyrim Although, I, you know play, i play D and I want to level damn it i want to level i want to get new shit See, i play gurps yeah yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But I have to save up, you know, twenty points before I can bump my skill by one point. So, yeah, you guys are really talking about optimizing your characters or even min-maxing in a way. Well, well, I'm really. going to follow this talent tree, no, and that I will mean, give me the look best, at, most optimized. Look character. at look at you guys in the vampire. No, game. no, just like the new power. Look at the vampire game. You've got whatever 
your discipline is, oh, if I have two dots in it, look at this new cool thing I can do. Yeah. Everyone is, is obsessing about, oh, no, I want to be able to turn into a bat, or I want to be able to turn invisible, or I want to be able to I can dominate do that. a stadium full of mm. people, or whatever it is. Yeah. Or be effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it, that's a new system for our particular group. Yeah. And, like, the last D&D game we played were, like, two years, like... I didn't feel that drive to level, even though D and D is a very really yeah leveling based game, and I feel a lot of it also is also the GM. That's also because you were playing a fighter, and it didn't yeah. change oh, much. Yeah, you're not mm. going to change much. That's true, but I, I also like the last the game before that when we played the four E game. I wasn't super obsessed with leveling either, right? Um, and I was like, I was a caster in that game. I, I think a lot of it is just the what happens with the with the culture at the table, and Stu, you're not. I, and I think that's one of the things we've talked about before. The GM can take it into their hands to hand out experience points for more than just encounters, like fights. And that's mm-hmm. something that Stu's really good at. So, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, we did level. We didn't level. I mean, we played that campaign for two years. I think we got to level five or something, right? Six? I think seven. Or seven. Okay. In two years? You got to seven? Yeah. Huh. Like we, like we, And we didn't care. <laughs> we had a blast. Like, we had a good time. Well, I, I I also only gave out experience points when you killed stuff, right? And but <laughs> but we also didn't complain. We we went sometimes for many many yeah. episodes without killing anything, so we weren't like murdering things for XP. I think yeah, it's just the the culture. I think too. At the Stop table. talking about my experience points. <laughs> right. Okay. Any any other? I'm ranty. Sorry. Any other comments on this? Or no? okay. Have we set our piece and counted it to ten? I think so. Is Fear the Boots still there? Nine. They yes. fell asleep. Yes. Okay. They fell asleep. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, God, Kimmy's ranting there. again. Stop talking. <laughs> you know what's great about this conversation mm. being a D&D conversation is that it's not on our show, so we won't have the forums blow up over it. <laughs> <laughs> Most, you, yeah, good. You get the D&D fans that don't like when you criticize D&D? Is it those guys? It's not necessarily that. It's more... When D&D is ever mentioned, that will immediately mean the thread is going to be 20 pages long. Because it'll be people back and forth talking about it. Uh, It, It's just an instant... uh, It doesn't matter what is said. It can be said for just two seconds during an episode. That is now the focus of the episode. It's a total trigger warning. I'm very very sorry. I I have not listened to your show yet. Um, I just finished listening to this show from beginning to end. <laughs> I don't know why you listen to the whole thing. Why did you do that? Because I'm on it. Duh. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, okay. But my, my question is, do you guys focus on like a specific system or group of systems? Or no. are you like us where, where it's like, fuck it, whatever comes up, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we, we, we try very hard. I mean, when we tell stories about ourselves, obviously there are certain games that are going to come up more often than others because we have our own preferences. Sure. But having said that, we try to be as system agnostic as we can be. Okay. The, the, the topics we discuss and the advice we give could theoretically be used for any or at least many different games. Sure. Yeah, we try to be system agnostic, but really we're just a Battletech podcast. Tim, yeah. <laughs> Tim, I don't even know why you're asking. They are a legitimate podcast with thousands and thousands of listeners. Why are you... Don't ask that stuff. Come on, man. <laughs> Should I just sit here in ignorance? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what we all do. You listen to the podcast all six Hello, years of it, and you haven't realized backlog, you know, that we all sit in ignorance all the time. For, forgive me for trying to bring some intelligence and culture to this show. God. Okay. Forgive me. Ask us about You're our fired. Process. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. 
I said, next thing you know, he'll ask us about our process. So speaking yeah. of your process. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, on to the second email. On GMs, players, and prep light settings from Morgan. Dear Jack and Apes, I'm writing to share an epiphany. One of my favorite words, by the way. Epiphany. Yeah, great word. I had recently <laughs> regarding prep light GMing. A way of looking at the role of the GM. This may come across as wanky navel-gazing. Huh? Wow. Every role-playing discussion is wanky navel-gazing. I'm so making a hobbit named wanky navel-gazing. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm wanky, I don't look near my navel. I don't want to see that. I want to know what, what happens. I, I, love a, I love a good navel, though. Think I mean, do not mm, need to know. do da do da uh, now, when he says naval, is it like on sea? Or like a shipboard yes. kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's talking naval about boats. Naval. <laughs> Staring at a, at a radar. <laughs> but that's what a philosophy major does for you. Oh, you, have, you got a degree in philosophy. No, he says philosophy major, so it doesn't mean he has a degree. Ah. He's working on his degree. <laughs> Probably. Does a philosophy major... Go ahead. I said it certainly doesn't give you a paycheck. No. no. Oh no. <laughs> he can do they ever really finish? Do they? You know, unless you become a philosophy professor. Yeah. Who's the philosophy major here? Who the guy? The email. Okay. Okay. Then I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of you guys, and it was. It was oh no! I just want to happen. I'm liberal no. arts. Uh, Stu was journalism. Kimmy education. Tim School of Hard Knocks. I think. I computer programming. School of Hard Knocks. Program. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually went to ITT Technical Institute. No. Oh. It. ITT. Yeah, it was a it was a TV school. Yeah. So <laughs> proud of that. But it's the one that hasn't gone bankrupt and isn't being sued. That's right. It is the one it's that the did not one. go bankrupt yeah. and has not been sued. Yeah. I'm running a Savage Worlds homebrew fantasy campaign. In the last session, the party were presented see i that's i know was well i mean i know depends don't edit what, depends where you are okay um were presented with several courses of action that they could take but no final decision was reached regarding their next move as the hour was growing late i decided to end the session the next day i realized see there's an s and realized so the way he wrote it is probably right where really he wrote it. yeah just read their email the next day i realized <laughs> the potential gm error because the player had no mission statement for their next move let alone party. a plan oh the party sorry had no mission statement for their next move let alone the plan i am unable to fully prepare for what they might encounter on the way the initial panic of this realization subsided when I considered that I have my world building, factions, NPCs, organizations, and stat blocks to use for the dice play. That was when the epiphany struck me. Zot. I don't we the don't have a lightning strike sound effect, do we? Yeah, I do here. Damn it. That's an epiphany. Damn it. I like that. It, it took listeners listening through the back backlog, but they found one of Kimmy's cute sneezes. No, uh, I am an angry, powerful feminist who lifts 315 fucking pounds. Uh, that was when the epiphany struck me. The experience of the GM and the players can more or less be the same. As a player, you have your character, your character sheet, 
Attributes, skills, equipment, backstory, and personality come together to form a toolkit to be used when interacting with the GM-presented stimuli. Oh, my. (laughs) As a GM, your character is your setting. You have a toolbox to deal with stimuli, just as the players do. Instead of making up, instead of made up factions, NPCs, plot seeds, and so on. Like a player, you declare actions, quote, for your setting. The wealthy, drunk, dwarf noble walks up to the elf and starts being a dick. To which the players yes and into the narrative and respond accordingly. I beat the dwarf till candy comes out of it. Just like the GM does with the player. As such, the distinction between player and GM is in name only. Everyone is a player, and everyone is a GM. The GM is bound by what their quote-unquote character would do, that character being the setting, which will oftentimes be contrary and inconsistent in its individual actions, but consistent within its overall constraints. So I am taking the next session, prep light though it may be, with the same excitement as I do a player. The setting is my character, and it's fully equipped to turn whatever stimuli the players decide to throw at it into a damn fine session. So what do you guys think? Could this mindset be useful in aiding the transition from player to GM? Could it be useful for helping GMs when their players go off the rails? Take a drink and be merry. Or be merry, if you prefer. Whatever floats your boat. Cheers, Morgan. Cheers. Uh, so, so I'm going to slow clap. I'm slow clapping because what you just said is pretty much what is every actor's goal. Everything, <laughs> And it wasn't eloquently stated, but what you have just said is being in the moment, listening, and responding. That's what actors do. That's what directors do. That's what GMs should do. That's what we've been preaching. So... And, yes. And now we know what role playing games were like in the 60s. Dude, Dude. you're a player <laughs> and, and you're a GM, bro. Uh, and the character sheets are holding you back. That's that's what I was thinking, you know. <laughs> Dude, you're the GM, so your character sheet's holding you back. Uh. I remember when I learned this lesson. I was running a Dresden Files game. Story and time. the players <laughs> ended up setting up a basically it was going to be a magical you know standoff with one of the you know one of the big bads so they have this all set up they're going to meet at a certain time at a certain place and that was how we end the session so throughout the course of the week i i make i have to make a couple rolls to see how well they do set up and i tell them okay you have you've been successful enough that you can set up you know, five, I think it was five things magically that you have booby traps set up in this location. So throughout the week, they actually are emailing each other this. And they spend the whole week getting ready for it. We come in, we sit down, they're all excited, they're all ready to go, and then one player goes, you know, guys, I don't think we should go to this fight. Uh. <laughs> about three minutes later after they debate they all decide instead of going to the fight they're going to go to the big bad's apartment and start snooping there <laughs> and it's like well everything I prepared is out the window everything <laughs> they prepared is out the window this is going to be fun let's go with it and, and what happened Best best game ever yeah, they ended up 
utterly crushing the NPC when they caught her off guard. But See. it was it was a really good game, and it started a tradition within that group of anytime there's a game with any sort of magic, one player in the group inevitably she will end up stealing the bad guy's panties. <laughs> she has gone on panty raids three different games so she can use them in, to you know cast spells three day, different game systems three different games every time it's the panties it's not like are, a pubic hair thing are, right are panties a, a, a spell a spell component <laughs> yeah what, what game is this way it's an anime game I think. three different three different games one of them was in Blades of the Dark, one was in Mutants and Masterminds, one was in Dresden Files. And it's just a case of they're looking for a sympathetic token or an item, so they go to look for used clothes, something that pe people have sweated in. Ew. And, that <laughs> and so they pick Every panties. time, this one player always goes looking <laughs> for the panties. It becomes a panty Yes, she has done a panty raid in three different systems across two different GMs. I, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that. I, I, she might need help. I think it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, really more to the, more to the point, uh, panties, huh? <laughs> mm. It is very distracting, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that was, okay. Here we I go. Everything players have ever done to me, the first time that happened, that was probably the first time I had to stop and say, you know what? I'm going to take a bathroom break right for a minute. Because <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that one. Yeah, okay. Point in the first, Wayne, y'all got issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? It, this is, yeah. It, you, there are professionals out there that are trained to deal with this. I'm not one of them. <laughs> How long um, have you been doing a podcast with this guy? Now, now you find out he has issues. <laughs> you know what? In, in Japan, this might not be considered an issue. <laughs> oh, well, all right. it, it's not me that has the issue. Yeah, you're letting it. You're letting it occur, Wayne. It's it's <laughs> it's happening under your roof and under your watch. <laughs> so, at the very least, you're okay with it, or you're enabling it, or I I don't know what exactly is going on there. But you know what? I'll get out some puppets later, and we can work out. Who's doing <laughs> All right. Point of the second. I think the guy did make it, which is something I learned a long time ago as a GM, is do not ever leave a game on a huge decision point, because it does make game prep for the next game really, really hard if you're standing at the crossroads and you don't know which way they're going to go. Now, it, it is certainly a fair point that being humans, we're going to forget to do that. We're going to be imperfect about doing that. And sometimes the players are going to do well, they're going to be Chad I, and Wayne, I know exactly what occurred there. And they're just <laughs> going to say, you know what, I'm not I don't like complexity and planning and so I'm just going to do something completely completely off script. And so you can't have prepared for it. They told you they were going to go right, and then they just decided, no, we're going to Leroy Jenkins! Exactly. But point in the third is I think his epiphany is is an absolutely correct one. Um, I, I think his metaphor of a GM and player being in, in, in parody like that, I, it actually took me a bit to digest. And I think why well, I would have used a different 
metaphor or had a different way to come to that conclusion, I think he's basically right. That as a game master, you know, it, it, role-playing is collaborative storytelling. Everybody at the table has a say in what's happening. It just so happens that in a group of five people with one GM, four people only control one character, whereas one person controls everything but those four characters. But if you know your setting, if you know your NPCs, if you know the things that are going on, then you should have at least some idea, even if you wrote for what happens if they turn right, you should have at least some idea of what is down the road to the left. Testify, yeah. brother! Testify! Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, and maybe you're not a good improviser. Maybe they've given you something that you're not going to be able to run with immediately, but that's one of those moments when you just get honest with the players. You say, okay, I didn't see that coming. Uh... Give me ten minutes to take a dump, and I'll come out with right. some ideas. The bathroom or, is the best place. Yes. Yes. Stories prove that. I use it all the time. <laughs> or grab your phone and Google random plot generator or random event generator. There are tons of them out there. Or get Rory's story cubes. You guys need to put that in your show notes. If oh you yeah, I've got, I love those things. Rory's story cubes are awesome, and you can come up with something to. Take the, those those elements you already understand about your world, because I mean, good God, if all you know about your world is that tiny little railroad you expect them to go down, it's not a terribly well developed world. Amen. Yep. And yeah. so, and so, you know, just come up with some events and and take what you've got and do the best you can. And if your players aren't complete dicks, then they should understand they went off script, and maybe you're mentally not wired to handle that. You're just not that quick on your feet. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make this more personal. I am a classic over-prepper, and Stu is a recovering over-prepper. Stu pretty much now just lays out. Mm. I, I, I'm going to speak for you. No? Go ahead. Mm. Well, see, I, I, I kind of think that this his epiphany sort of breaks down to at a certain point because <clears throat> the amount of information the players have to master is much more finite than what the GM has to master. True. And, I mean, if I was playing a game that I'm very familiar with, or I'm very familiar with the setting, I know exactly how stuff works, I can come up with an, an NPC or a bad guy on the fly without a problem and know how to balance it so it's sort of the sort of encounter I want, not a problem. But in the games I'm running right now, uh, Vampire the Masquerade and, and Star Wars... As Empire, right? Not familiar with those games. You're learning it as so. When the players say, "Hey, we're gonna go here," and okay, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a battle between starships. Okay, well, what kind of starships are they? Which book is that in? Where do I find the stats for that? It for me in the games I'm running at least right now. I kind of at least need, like he was saying, don't leave the session on a major decision point. I kind of like to have an idea where things might go for the next session so I can say, okay, here's the stats for TIE Fighters. Here's the stats for a heavy cruiser. Right. All right, so you guys all get into the gunship, and I think we need to stop here now. So That's why I uh, end all the games on cliffhangers right before a fight. (laughs) So you can research it. So I can make sure I've got all the stats right for it. Right. But, I mean, I, I totally get what he's saying, and I agree with what he's saying. But I think that there is a uh, disproportionality in the amount of information the players have to master compared to the GM. Yeah. And that really, for me, 90% of the time 
is what my prep is. So what I started doing with the last campaign I ran, the last one I ran was uh, Mutants and Masterminds. When the game started at the beginning, I went ahead and I statted up a variety of things, not knowing if I'd ever need them. I had generic mooks. I had uh, you know, a couple of super-powered villains, a few things like that. And I had those just ready to go at any point. So if they ended up fighting something or if they ended up encountering something that I wasn't prepared for, I had something generic that I could just reskin as that. If I knew they were going to do it, then I would have made out, you know, I would have prepped it more specifically for that thing. Right. But I was ready to go just in case. So I had some of those just saved up in case I would ever need it. Oh, suddenly they're going to storm this place where I know there's, you know, 12 in there. Okay, I've got some generic gang members I can throw in. In games where it's not quite so stat heavy, that's not as big of a deal. But I'm going to do that from this point on with anything like a D&D or a Mutants and Masterminds or anything that's really number heavy. Have those generics I can just grab seamlessly. And they don't need to know that that wasn't what that person would have been. Yeah. I mean, I I did that in the 5th edition D&D game all the time. I would say, I need this thing, and well, that thing doesn't exist, so I'm going to take this thing, which is similar to it, and change its powers a little bit. Yeah, that's... The the problem, especially in the vampire game, it's not so bad because the, the, the distance the party can travel is very small. Because they're vampires. They can only travel at night. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about it too much. But in the Star Wars game, it's a party with a starship. They can yeah. go wherever they want. Anywhere. So, Literally and I, and I don't want, know yeah. what they're going to do. So Neither do we. <clears throat> right. <laughs> That's why if they're going somewhere you don't want them to, you just blow up their engines. Yeah, I don't like doing that. That's that's like passive railroading. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I, wanna, I wouldn't I do, do that, that either, but I do like to have things. <laughs> Occasionally, if something comes up and I just am not quite sure what I want to do with it yet, something will blow up just to <laughs> just to slow things down. I, yeah, wait, I have a simpler approach, and I'm not saying yours is right and mine is wrong, though that is probably true. <laughs> um, but, Are you sure you didn't say that backwards? No, I'm positive I said that correctly. <laughs> because this this is not what you're supposed to do in a role playing group. What you're supposed to do in a role playing group is be socially passive aggressive <laughs> about everything. <laughs> was that a dog or Kimmy? That was a dog. It was a very dramatic dog that got picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that moment just got so much better. Oh. That was amazing. Yeah, you normally don't pick up dogs Nothing that in a role-playing well. game okay. is supposed to be done Sorry. except passive-aggressively. We just did an episode about leaving a gaming group, and we gave all this great advice about, you know, being honest and being mature. But, I mean, come on, it's all bullshit. You, oh, yeah. You come up with a reason you're busy and never show up again. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when people have done that to me, when they've gone wildly off the rails... Where and I'm not prepared for whatever reason to handle. I'm just not feeling that creative. I don't know the setting or the system that well. It's just not within my capacity to handle. Then I, I just I give them a bit of honesty and say, "Look, you know, you guys made a choice, and I completely support that. But I just want you to understand that 
we've got one of two options. Either I can keep your choice, but we need to delay a week while I write that game because I wasn't prepared for this, or I need you to roll back to your original choice because that's what I've got prepared, and I just plain don't know the world well enough for whatever reason to go with that. And you just give them a bit of honesty, you know. I'm not going to take your choice away. I'm not going to be passive aggressive and shut down your engines or, or <laughs> suddenly have the sun be forever up. But, <laughs> I, <laughs> but if, if I, I can't do it, you know, I, we can't roll forward unless you give me some time to prep that. Are you saying that you want to show weakness in front of your players as a GM? No, you want to that's win? why I said I. This is the wrong option. <laughs> 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 this is why I said up front that, that Wayne is correct that uh, to do something passive aggressive and make it look like a plot point is probably the far better way to go I, I, I said it glibly but I think my, my point is that I think a lot of GMs are afraid that if they uh, admit to their players that this wasn't planned out their players might suddenly take advantage of them or feel like they're inadequate or there's a there's that I'm not saying it's a behind, real there's I'm the, not saying it happens. There's I'm a peeking there's behind a the fear. curtain fear that I think has some justification. Because players behave differently if they think that they are on in a scenario that you've set up and that they are outsmarting the things that you've previously devised and figured yes. out. Then they will be if they know for a fact everything that's happening is all yes, Andy and hippie. You or, know what I'm saying? Or planned, yeah. Well, uh, plan. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. And they will treat the game differently if they know that it's being improvised. Little did they know that one out of every three or so games, I just didn't bother to do prep to begin with. <laughs> of course, absolutely. On, 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 but they don't need to know that. I've got a notebook in front of me. Of course I did prep. Right. On what do you base that, Stu? Experience. <laughs> on sit, watching players, the few times I've admitted yeah. that I'm doing something that, that I'm completely pulling out of my butt. Yeah. I've seen them, they behave differently and they expect more easy success. Mm-hmm. And they, they think, oh, he's making things up. So this is going to be real yes, Andy. So I'm going to come up with something dumb to do. And he's going to say it's, it's going to work. Because he's overwhelmed at the time. I'm going to take advantage of this moment. I don't even. I don't even know if it's. T- well, it, it is kind of taking advantage of the moment mm-hmm. because, yeah, you, basically the structure of what you had been working on is gone. And it's pure improvisation. And so the players, they tend to look at it differently than if they if they think or know that what you are doing is something that is pre-planned. I, See, I don't think I run into that with my group as much because they know that even though something may have come up completely on the spur, that could now be the main plot. Sure. I'm willing to throw out everything that I have prepped if they're more interested in something else that just came up out of nowhere. One of the main NPCs in an ongoing game I have is everyone's favorite character, and she was made by an offhanded comment that one of the players made. Mm -hmm. And now that's the most important part of the game. And they all know that I'm not that 
hooked on whatever I came up with. If they're more interested in something else, they could come out of nowhere and just be the main plot. Uh, it's happened to us. Uh, you 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 could have just a, a, a for example a name in a newspaper, and uh, somebody could probably go into their house and steal a book, and suddenly becomes the main focus of the game. I have no idea what you're talking about. I right. know. Coming at it from the side of a player, though, mm-hmm. knowing the the few precepts that this show has been consistent about, those being yes and mm-hmm. and I don't come up with solutions to problems anymore i just come up with problems i just assume that everything that has happened in the mode of sin has been kind of off the cuff i now hold on let me finish that let me finish this thought some of it has before you backhand me (laughs) no 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 i'm I'm sitting well in the range of your backhand (laughs) (laughs) i know that you have an overarching plot that is going on you have shit that is happening right but everything that we've done you've had to just react to that like you could not have to stork's point written up that the old lady whose book i stole was a mage no that was totally impromptu and off the cuff absolutely i i would like to think that we did not react any different to that no, knowing, but I also knowing, didn't. Uh, yes, you're right. I don't think you would have act. You would would have acted differently if I had planned it because I did not admit that until after that session was over. But <laughs> but it didn't hey, affect wait, wait, wait it. A minute. <laughs> Let me give you a simple rule of role playing. If you ever <laughs> ever encounter an old person with a lot of books or an unaccompanied child, they're the most dangerous thing in the session. That's what Thank Tim you. was yeah. thinking. Thank That's you. why that he snuck in. Nowhere, yeah. Dan, if that Dan, came out of nowhere, I've, I've got, like, a magic <laughs> ring. Dan, you are my favorite person now. There was mods out of like, I don't know why they snuck into the old woman's library. I have no idea why that would be well, we didn't there. know playing, she was an old lady at the time. No, we're pl- <laughs> no, we did. We're playing vampires and he puts this note in a newspaper about this old lady who's been running a bar for like 70 years. We're vampires. I was like, she's been running a bar for 70 years? There's something different about her because anyone who's been running a bar for 70 years is going to be old and tired and decrepit. That's hard work. Well, she it was like 50 years. Yeah. What, yeah. Same thing. You could still be 20 and run a bar. So make which her means, in her 70s. Which means at that point she's in her 70s. Uh, see, and she's going to be running a bar. Stu. I, I, like, I, like, I knew that that was just space anyway, you needed to fill up at the bottom of the Thank year. you, Dan. <laughs> I, I appreciate that feedback. <laughs> You, to be you, honest, when we broke justified my <laughs> choice, and I'm I'm very pleased. Look, you made a whole game around it. I yeah. did, <laughs> yeah, amazing. And I became like ruler of the island because I can blow up Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, somehow it's amazing. Okay, but Let's I totally. See, I will say, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I will say, as a player, I want to be fooled. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to believe that the GM knows everything that's going on in the right. world. Yes. I want to know that. I want to believe that whatever happened was, you know, part of the big master plan. Yeah. I know because I run enough games that that's not the case. <laughs> but I want to believe it is. Wayne, Wayne it just I, makes me feel better. You know what the best non-lie you can use to send that message is? Is when a player says they're going to do something, thank them. Like, hey, I'm going to go over here and talk to this person. He's looking at me like, thank you. 
<laughs> Wayne, Wayne, I want to disagree. It sound like you were waiting for that. When in truth, yeah. you didn't even have a name for that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the other good ask, the other good reply to it is, "Are you sure that's what you want to do?" No, that's that's the worst reply because now everybody they they second guess themselves like, "Uh, no, uh, no, wait." There's Wayne, another. I, I, there's another important jamming tool that's not getting mentioned here. Well, I talked about Rory's story cues, but the other one is if they throw you into a session where you're really not prepared and they want to go forward with it, you need to bring a bag of mushrooms. You pop a few caps and just say, look, you guys wanted to ride, we're going to ride. Wayne. And whatever comes to mind, you roll with. Wayne, I want to disagree with what you said just a moment ago. As a player, and I'm sure this is okay for, for you, I'm, I'm from my point of view. As a player... I don't care if I'm fooled or not. I want it to be awesome. If, yeah, I mean, it's a, if it's the a GM comes up with there. something awesome and it's off the cuff, that is just as good for me as if it is something he planned out for weeks in advance. I just want it to be awesome. I'm with Wayne. If I smell weakness, if I smell blood, I'm going to go after <laughs> him. If I if I if I know that the GM is on on on, sh on shaky ground I'm or, shrooms. or shrooms or shrooms <laughs> I'm going after them I'm gonna I'm gonna metagame the shit out of it I'm gonna like aha you didn't plan for this did you ah we went sideways ha well I, now is when I get my talking magic sword ha I guess I'm just a better right. player than you are Stork <laughs> <laughs> every time I take I mush every time I take mushrooms I end up staring at tree bark looking for lizards. <laughs> And in the end, if I had the talking magic sword, I'd just roll a one trying to hit him anyway. <laughs> oh my god, Wayne. You, you guys are soulmates. Brother from another mother. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, let's on to the next one. When do you guys want to read advice on scheduling contention from Chris? I'll do this one. All right. All right. Uh, or did you mean you guys? I meant you guys, food, them. Sorry. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, they no. can go. <laughs> I'll do the next no, one. It's fine. Have her read it. Just play her sneeze again first. Okay, you got it. <laughs> That's a legitimate sneeze, too. It's it is. Like, yeah, it's like actually how I sneeze. Okay. Dear Gleeful <laughs> Jackers. It's also what lawyers do. <laughs> Billy? Sue. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Good job. Or maybe she's naming her favorite Indian drive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Oh, well. Z and the Banshees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a while back, we were having intense issues in my gaming group, and to solve the issue, I asked everyone to carve out a time during their week where they could all reliably attend. We settled on Friday evenings. Everyone committed to making sure that they had the time off, even going so far as to request the day off from their work. That's this wow. is all fine until a couple of weeks in, in, a player told me they couldn't attend because his LARP chapter played once a month on Friday evenings. This wasn't a big deal to me, though I did tell him I wish he had mentioned it to the activity before everyone settled on the day. A month goes by and he brings <laughs> one of his friends to our table, but informs me after several weeks that this newcomer is part of the LARP too and will have to miss our sessions on LARP days. Aww. Once again, I told him I wish that he'd let me know, but what could I do? Now they are starting to recruit players out of the home group I had, which is uh, which wouldn't be an issue to me, except for the fact that I'm quickly learning this group does not just play once a month. 
Many times they're playing complete, uh, a couple weekends now, and we have one, run into a, par- a particularly bad spell. Wait a moment, so they're playing games behind his back? This and they're poaching. Yeah. Poaching. This, he got rolled. Yeah, he totally did. Yeah, they're he poaching. They're player poaching. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, this, is, this is a fairly complicated but completely passive-aggressive dick move. <laughs> it is. Damn LARPers. He brought, yeah, these LARPers came into his group like it was a Denny's, like they just belonged there. <laughs> 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 Go for the Grand Slam special. Oh, yeah, and now one by one, he's po- he's poaching all these players for another group <laughs> and lying about how busy they are. This dude, wow, he's, yeah. I just want my Grand Wait, slams. but wait, there's more. Oh yeah, uh, out of the last month, the LARPers in the group we uh, will have only attended one of our games. There you go. This is primarily an issue because the subject of our uh, of the day of our games. Is being picked back up. Uh, wait, okay. Uh, the, because the subject of the day of our games is being picked up, uh, is being picked become to become such an issue. The people in the group went so far as requesting the day off work, even as I mentioned before. Good job writing that. Okay. Well, the question. Okay. My question is, what do I do? As a GM or an organizer, I feel particularly upset about the LARPers not adhering to our agreed upon day. Right. That being said, I realize this is just a game, and I don't want to make such a big deal out of it. Our thoughts, uh, as counterpoint, though, they are being disrespectful of those people who are putting in the effort to be there, as well as the effort I put in as a GM to make the, the game, to making the game. Not to mention the damn LARPers have absconded with half our group now. Uh-huh. Advice, opinion, <laughs> what should I do? Yeah, let me start off right there. Disagree oh, wait, with one wait, of wait, the wait, things. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, go there's, on. There's PSs and stuff. Your you know. faithful okay, okay. listener, Chris, Steel Calvary on the forums. P.S. I've been listening to the monstrosity, which is your backlog, for the last five months, and I'm almost done. Almost. I can see the light. P.P.S. Leaving P.S. turns out to be much as much fun as it sounds. P.P.P.S. Being a SoCal resident myself, I took up the mighty quest of visiting every wonderful, friendly local gaming store you have mentioned on the podcast, even braving the terrible parking in Pasadena to visit Game Empire. Oh, right. it's terrible, <laughs> right? God, Th- that sucks. Thank you for sending me to all these exciting new places. And that's the end. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. I'm going to disagree with one of the statements he made there somewhere before, I don't know, I guess midway down, because near the end of the email, but before all is his postscripts. Um, it's not just a game. Yeah. What they're playing may be just a game, but when people are asking off work, I mean, th- this is a social commitment. Yeah. Somebody has put work into what is going on. People have put work into the characters they're playing, and they've reorganized their life to get time off work. And if somebody's going to come into that, and they're not only going to stop showing up, but then they're going to show up with people that were not part of the original group, you know, just kind of invading that social space. And then on top of that, they're going to start disrespecting you by poaching these people off to another game while telling you that they're not free. The issue here, this is not just a game. I mean, to even make this game occur, you're making commitments about work. You're making commitments about your social life. You are, I mean... Uh, that would... Dan, I, I I completely agree with you. Just just to add fire to that, I I these people are putting their jobs on the line to play this game. They are at risk yes. of being fired, <clears throat> no, and then yeah. somebody shows up and says, eh, "You know, I can't make it." And this person 
took time off work to be there. Now, I just want to clarify, though. They said specifically took the day off work. I think this is like a type of job, like waitressing or something, where you get to no, pick the job. No, we don't know that. No, but we all, it's not, it didn't say calling in sick. No, like he's not a brain lying. surgeon. Yeah, well. <laughs> people have died. Because of this. Well, it say, could be. We don't know this person's actually risking their jobs. So I don't know okay. if that's like. But, but let, let's, and then that's a fair point, but let's, yeah. let's use this uh, somewhat different metaphor here. Let's say this was a birthday party, and I'm throwing a birthday party for somebody, and I set up a time to do it. And I invite the people that I know we want to be there. And, you know, people take time off work. We organize this. We get this set up. I put all this work into, you know, getting the food ready and getting the place ready and making sure it's going to be a good event. And then someone walks in with friends of friends, people that weren't even invited, and starts poaching away my guests to go to a different party down the street. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be pissed. Exactly. And I can't see this game as any different. It's just a game. That's not what's going on here. That's unacceptable. Though There there seems to be some symptoms that I'm pulling out of here, though, too. You're bringing... And and this is... I mean, I have a lot of friends in lots of spheres of geekdom, and sometimes they cross-pollinate, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they cross-pollinate successfully, sometimes they don't. Um, It sounds to me, and this is just my assumption, and this may not have anything to do with it. LARPers tend to be a very specific type of people, and they're looking for a very specific type of game. And this may be... I'm I'm just saying. And this may be indicative, and this may be a symptom that his game is not the type that LARPers are particularly drawn to. It may be... It may be min-maxi heavy. It may not be... I mean, and this is totally speculation. This could be the best role-playing game ever. But um, it, it can be... Just as seriously as as we take tabletop RPGs, LARPers take their games that seriously, too. You know what? And and if that's true, that's completely fine. Yeah. Say that and... Own it. Step out. Exactly. Say that, own it, step out of the group, go off and play the kind of game you want, or give the game master an opportunity to adjust the game to be what you want, but to come in there with other people and start poaching friends and start screwing up plans that other people have reorganized their lives to make, that's that's unacceptable. It's not even that. It's the fact that whether or not LARPers and tabletoppers are the same kind of people and they want the same kind of things out of the game, this guy said, oh yeah, I'll be there every Friday, no problem. And then when it came around to it, he's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I can't be there every Friday because I've got a LARP at Oh, and by the way, I'm going to poach some of your players. Yeah, but I can't be there (laughs) at least once a month, which is going to turn out to two or three times a month. And by the way, I'm going to take these other dudes with me. So, sorry, bro. (laughs) No, I was reading it, so I was focused more on, like, the actual, like, reading of it. But when I I read that they were pulling games, I assumed that was their LARP game. I no. Don't, oh, no. He, so he's pulling them for another tabletop game? He, no, yes. he's he's running he's running, he's a, running tabletop a tabletop game. Yes, and I got there's that. a larper in it. Right, and, and he, the larper showed up and said, "Oh, dude, I can't play, and I'm going to take these guys back to my larp with me." So okay, so no, I did re- read it correctly. So yeah. th- he's not poaching these players for another tabletop game. He's pulling people who are in a tabletop game who might be, who are becoming interested LARP, in larping yeah. to go yeah. play larp. Yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. not okay. I wouldn't no. necessarily call and that were, poaching. It's also sh- it's super shitty it's as far as scheduling. If it's on the same night as your game, yes, that's yeah, totally it totally is. But yeah, I, it's, I, it's social poaching. I mean, even yeah. if it's not yeah. the same event, you're and, still poaching for another event. Yeah. And we talk about 
LARPers and tabletoppers like they're two different people. We're but not. really, the difference between tabletopping All it takes and is a shitty cloak. Awesome dressing. Is a, a table <laughs> and cloaks. And that's it. That's the only difference between tabletops and LARPing. You're one day away from being a LARPer. Oh, and rock, paper, scissors. That's oh, how yeah, they... and rock, paper, scissors and yeah. no dice. It depends. Rock, paper, scissors and no dice. I think we're getting caught up in the whole LARPer role-playing thing. But my my point <laughs> is, these guys just... made commitments and fucking bailed yeah. on them. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's... then they brought people and said, oh, I'm so sorry, man. And they fucking bailed again. But, you know, shit happens. Yeah. No. And it wasn't shit happens. They knew full no, well no. they had LARPing accounts. No, no, no. I, I'm agreeing with you. Over. What I'm saying is, shit happens. And every once in a while, oh, man, I fucked up. I double booked. I'm sorry. I've done that. Mm-hmm. No. I, <laughs> yes. I've done we that. never with, noticed with, that. With this group. Uh, <laughs> I've done that with multiple. Yeah. <laughs> I affected multiple? two games from this. I think you were just about ready <laughs> to say games. multiple. That's multiple. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. But shit happens. It, but that that is like a premeditated, regular, uh, I'm going to fuck your shit up. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, if there Dave, happen these side events with all these people that the game master's not invited to and doesn't even know yeah. about. I yeah, mean, right? This, I mean... I, the way I now I admit, obviously we're just getting one email here. I don't know these people. I'm not in the situation. I don't know the details. I hate to be judgmental, but I'm going to go ahead and be judgmental. Do it. We're only getting one it's, side of the story. Let's judge him. It sounds to me like these people, to be blunt, are either not his friends or they're not treating him like friends at all. And I think this guy needs to, quite frankly move on from them. Take what people... Because yep. he said there, there are other people still taking off work and showing up. Great. Take those people, get these other assholes out of the group, yep. and if that's not enough people to run a game, then get some new fucking friends. Find new ones, yep. Testify. I, I agree. Part of, part of that I agree with, but what he should do, take off about a month or so from the game, Join the LARP and start recruiting people. <laughs> 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 nice. Waiting uh, soulless ginger, I love it. <laughs> soulless ginger. Um, I do have to say, though, this might be indicative of the exact opposite problem. Because I found scheduling say. conflicts in in the games I've been in usually happen by uh, with the people who are often closest to the GM. Because they feel like it's cool, because they're friends. It's like the people who are not necessarily super close with them, like are like, oh, I have to be there in time. I have to do this. I have to, and then it's like sometimes it's indicative of them being too close of friends. But you've never missed the vampire game for that. Well, no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but she's missed other games for that. I, oh, okay. yeah, no, I mean, and d- life happens sometimes. Okay. You know, we all have the thing or whatever that it happens does. sometimes. Well, we and don't also don't have a regular schedule, right? No, and, but and yeah. as long as you're open, communi- you know, communicating about that, you do have to take into consideration that people are planning so much around it that they are taking right. their day off work oh, to use it and know, stuff like that. Th- look, look, I got a band that's been around for now twenty four years, twenty something like that. Yeah, dear God, depending on where you start. Yeah, we have been rehearsing on Thursdays <laughs> for twenty four years. <laughs> Our last rehearsal, our band that has twelve members and is currently performing, and and and, it, and is a month out from our big there gig, yeah, had five people show up to rehearsal, five out of, out of 12. twelve, and and I was and, late. and we're three weeks out from opening. Yeah, see, they're all your friends. That's the thing. People get too comfortable. That's and why, okay, that's right. they feel like they're not going to get kicked out of the game because they're your friends. Well, n- I mean, no. your bands. Actually, let me say something about that because this is this is an addictive thing about uh, it's a personality thing. Uh, there are people out there who think 
I'm not saying which people. I'm not <laughs> casting disparages. There are people out there that think because they're your friend, they can show up late. They can not do the work. I'm your buddy. There are other people who say, because I'm your friend, I need to show up. I need to set an example. I need to be on time. At my job, the guy I'm working with now currently is somebody I've known for a long time. And I show up. I work harder than most because I'm his friend. You're, right. I yeah. set the pace because I'm his friend. I have to set the example because I'm his friend. I know that. A lot of people on the planet think, well, because I'm his friend, I get a free pass. Mm -hmm. I get a slack. Right. There yeah. is a disconnect between people. They think... There's I a difference think, between grown-ups and children. Yeah, yeah, a, well, it's called loyalty and respect. <laughs> right. Yeah. As opposed it, to taking advantage of. If, if Dave77 were here, and I don't want to speak for him, Fuck but I'm pretty guy. sure he would say, Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh, although... <laughs> With all the, this that we've said, and I haven't disagreed with any of it, I would just like to say welcome to being a GM, because when yeah. you're the GM of a game, you're always going to have a higher priority for your game than all of your players. It's That's just true. the way it works. That's it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Slow clap. That That's all true. I have to say about uh, Fear the Boot, do you guys, right? Yeah? No. Uh, it's been a mixed bag for me because I've run a few games where actually players like the games more than I did. Stu has that problem yeah. often. I yeah. Having been in a few of those games, that's definitely true. Dan will talk about how horrible the game is and how much you know it's just not clicking, and we're thinking, man, this is one of the best games you've run in a while. Well, that's because GMs are inherently uh, uh, what's the opposite of self confident. Self-doubting? Self-doubting. GMs are inherently self-doubting. God, the game was fucking good. Nah, you're totally lying to me. It sucked. <laughs> All artists, they criticize their work. Yeah, and then when they step true. away and they listen to the actual play, yeah. like six years later, they go, what? That was actually pretty good. Yeah. All right. Kickstarters from Toby. I'll do this one. Hi, Happy Decks. Listening to Season 16, Episode 11 right now. And I've gotten to the point where you are do discussing Kickstarters. I think I know what bothers Stu about them. Yes. He wants the RPG hobby to be a self-sustaining business <laughs> where the profits where the profits from a sold product can pay the producers and fund the next round of products. I want that too. I think it was, uh, but I think that is a fantasy. There are a ton of RPG products out there uh, that only exist because people have day jobs. If it were not for Kickstarter generating interest in providing big projects with funding, they wouldn't happen at all. There's not enough money in it. They've also heard people complain when the budget for Kickstarter includes compensation for the producers. That's stupid. Yeah. Well, but they've Go heard ahead. about it. For some reason, these people feel that the producers shouldn't get paid for their work. Assholes. Why should only <laughs> the subcontractors get paid? Insanity. In short, the entire RPG industry is a sea of near-volunteer workers making stuff that they love for a few rock stars that actually make a modest living off of it. We're pining for the RPG industry of old. Those days are gone. I don't but think the they ever existed. Days are so much better. <laughs> but that's just my opinion, man. And do you have that's that one? Just like your you know, opinion, that's just man. like uh, your opinion, man. Ooh, I forgot the uh. I gotta get that. Toby. Host of the RPG Logic podcast. <clears throat> oh, oh, RPG we, Logic podcast. <laughs> yeah, big plug. Uh, P.S. Enjoy the hell out of California. I miss it. It was it was ninety today. P.P.S. Yeah. See if you can find some Burt Hickory Cannon Dragger IPA. It's a it's quite good. P.P.P.S. I just burnt the water I was boiling while writing this. Damn, how do you burn water? Anyway, I think they call um, that evaporate. I've done that. 
Yeah, yeah. Stu has a, a love hate with Kickstarters. Mm, it's a hate hate. You love to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a really cute one today. It was the it was uh, the ABCs of RPGs, and it's a coloring book. Hasn't that been done like a dozen times? I don't know. This one's really cute. I th- I th- it sounds familiar. It does. Sounds like something. Probably. No. This is the first one I saw on Facebook. So. I, I so real- are we are we gonna go into another Kickstarter debate? No. It's uh, I I realize that they're these are very 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 small companies, and that the the they're. Their their respective market shares are not enough to sustain people, and basically what they're doing is in. Did that dog go behind my stuff? He's right here. No, he's under my legs. Oh, okay. Um, I understand that the amount of money they're making is not enough to sustain them, and that essentially what they're doing is what a lot of companies are doing with in a in a slower economy and that is they're basically pulling back their inventory mm-hmm. we did the same thing where where i work where our inventory used to be x amount of money and now it's half that and then we just order more smaller orders and keep less stuff there and that's essentially kind of what they're doing except with cash flow mm-hmm. they're saying instead of reserving part of our sales for the reorder of this product we're going to keep all of it and then when it's time to reorder the product we'll do another kickstarter i hate that it's really common now it's super common and it's becoming more and more common and i think it's going to become the industry standard for anything except for the big guys i think it has and and the big guys like John Wick, who just broke all records. He's ever. not a big guy. Well, he's John a little Wick guy. Is he a, he's is a now. little guy. You know what? I'll bet you a huge portion of that money he he raised is going to end up going to other people. He he uh he's made forty two different games. I know. I yeah, I know. <laughs> but he's yeah, but, big. But his his he's games... not big. He's not he's that it, <clears throat> he is not an industry giant or even an industry no. big guy. Well, he's, yeah, he's, okay. He's, yeah, he's not Steve dude. Jackson. He's not sitting in his ivory no. tower overseeing an entire. Steve empire. Jackson's not a big guy. Well, Steve his, Jackson might be a big guy with Munchkin. But. His games target a niche of a niche of a niche. So there's I he's think, put out a lot of games I and they've all been very successful. But the number of people who get them and play them are small. It, as compared to a lot okay, of other games. Okay, okay. I think his day job is making games. I don't think he actually has a day job. I don't know. I don't know. But I, that, I know some I other stuff about him because he used to work fair and he knows some people we yeah, know. Yeah. So but I that, can I can tell you more off the air. But and that doesn't. <laughs> no, I, know, I know. And I even talked to him about that. That doesn't invalidate. When I played in his game at, the, at Con. That doesn't invalidate my point. He's making a living off of being a game designer. But that doesn't... He uh, is make, now making with a, a <laughs> Kickstarter, maybe. And making a living does not in any way imply really big in the industry. He's making a living. That's awesome. But that doesn't mean that he's big. I know there are people at this point that are making a living off of podcasting because of Patreon. That doesn't mean that they're big in the industry or really even have that many listeners. It just means that some enough people have dedicated money on a monthly basis mm-hmm. for them to have a working salary, mm-hmm. or they have boobs. I I, Actually, I I don't know of any that are female that are <laughs> yeah, getting. Yeah. I don't know about podcasting amounts. specifically. I know enough comic book artists and such that are 
they they work every day. They they become household names, and and they that's their job is making art. They are working artists, yeah, and they're I'm not. Sure. They don't they don't have mansions. They have the skills to to be. They're highly underpaid. My point being that they are making a living doing that as a job. He's making a living doing it as well. Okay, he's not. He doesn't have an ivory tower. He's he's not Spielberg. He doesn't run a gaming empire. Well, right. no, actually, he does. John Wick does actually run a gaming empire of the games he's designed, but it's not the empire that you think of. See, yeah, because when I think of empires, I think of things that are really big. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and no offense to the guy, he's a great game designer. He writes great games. Sure. Um, if I have two just, liquor stores, I, it's not. Is that an empire? No, no. that's two stores. No, so, okay. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I, yeah. oh, forget John Wick and for, forget who's big in the industry. Let's get back to the Kickstarter thing. So, what what specifically is the concern here with Kickstarter? I, that was uh, it. Was my complaint, and the complaint was rather than setting aside some proceeds from sales. To ensure that you can keep a book in print, yeah, people are now not setting aside any portion of sales, and when it t- comes time, oh, I've run out of the first printing of my game. I need to print it again. I'll just have another Kickstarter. But I'm starting to realize that that's just the way that industry is working, even though to me it seems kind of alien. Do you have that same issue if it is the first printing of the book? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is because no, I I'm not saying what you're describing isn't going on. It what is going is, on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I don't doubt that. I I believe that is completely true. Um, most of the stuff that comes my way, uh, whether I see it on social media or somebody emails it to me or whatever, it, it's brand new game design. Mm-hmm. And this may be somebody who, you know, I, you can debate the quality of what they're trying to do or how reliable they are, how likely they are to deliver any number of things. But the point is the product is new. This is not something where it's just like, oh, you know, we're using you to fund our, uh, you know, three-point distribution model. Um, they're using, you know, it, they're, they're trying to design the game. So let's say that's the case, right? That somebody out there who doesn't have the capital on hand to fund this game, goes out there, I mean, like the guy who's doing Blaze in the Dark, goes out there, does his Kickstarter. Is there a particular issue that you have with that? No, not at all. Okay. No. Uh, in fact, I mean, Kickstarter started for bands like ours right. who recorded a CD and don't have the money to right. write a check for $1,500 to disc makers, so they'd right. go on Kickstarter to their fans who would raise the money. It's a, it's, it's a pre-sale site. Yeah. And that's what that's right, what right. it is. Yeah. And I get that. But I, I've listened to the rant quite a few times, too, and I, I do agree with you on a lot of points with it. Kickstarter, when I look at it, I think about what its intention is. The intention being to kickstart projects that wouldn't happen otherwise. You know, like you're saying, like a band that can't afford to print the CDs or to ship them. And with that purpose... I think it's very useful. But I also see a lot of what you're saying. I've seen the reprint ones come through. I see it a lot more on the comic book side than the game side. But I've seen it on the game side as well. And I also see some big companies come in and do Kickstarters. And it's become, for a lot of products, this is just a pre-order method. 
Right. Because the product exists, it just now needs to be pre-ordered, and the pre-order will print. In some cases, it's even completely done, and they just want the money there ahead of time as a way to market, because it's become a marketing tool, a pre-order tool, and that wasn't the original intention of it. And every time I see that, it always kind of, it bugs me to to a degree. It also protects them from any kind of risk of capital yeah. investment. Well, that, that, that's really what Kickstarter is. It, it is distributed risk. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, it also is an infrastructure to a degree. So if you want to, basically, let's say you have a book and you're going to self-publish. This day and age, it's what it used to be. But you would have to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to handle sales? Am I going to set up a website to do sales? Am I going to, how am I going to get all of the shipping addresses? These days, you can probably do all print-on-demand through, like, Amazon or something. But it provides all of that for you, a mechanism to take money, to get information from people. So I do see the value in it. I just wish there was something else for you know, call it presale.com or something to do that function and get it off of Kickstarter so Kickstarter can focus on projects that wouldn't exist otherwise. Yeah. Amen. I like that. Presale.com. Let somebody start that. Then again, on the other hand, (laughs) the thing about it that I think does have a lot of merit is people have been using Kickstarter for market research, essentially. Yeah. Pinnacle decides to come out with a new a new setting for Savage Worlds, they'll run a Kickstarter for it. They they have weird war Persia or whatever their next thing is. Do people want to play this? They go ahead and start the artwork and start developing the game, put it up. If it funds, great, this was a successful title. If it doesn't fund, Eh, let's stop working on it and let's go back to what we were doing. Pinnacle before. might be a bad example. Have they ever not no. funded anything? No, they, they have not. He's not being specific. It, I'm it's saying a, hypothetically. Yeah, hypo- oh, okay. Right. okay. But they could still get that same da- data from presale.com. Yes, they yes? could. Yes! Presale.com. Oh, let's start a, it. Anyway. Okay, there's one more email. Do you guys want to want to read this this is a kind of a long and i forgot to mention at the beginning of the show good lord it's a very long and we can break it up if you want in tandem gaming nightmare what if i start it and they pick up have, after a page or okay two, or you want them to start it have them start it and then you okay. pick up if they get tired they're the guests they go okay. first they don't want to do it okay i'll say yeah i don't think you're really quiet okay so hold on here so the ongoing nightmare from, I'm just going to go with Drail, 88. I agree. Yep. Greetings, Stu and crew. Keeping intro short for nightmare reasons. I'm part of a D&D 5e group who play every weekend. It's a fairly basic story, but the amount of nightmares I've had over the last two months is giving me not only stuff to write about, but potential to write about later. <laughs> That's because, dude, you need to get out of this game. <laughs> Stop you right there, and there's your solution. No, now, no, no, no. <laughs> we want more GM nightmares. We love them. All right, all right. So for now, let's just talk about the DM. He's a cool guy, friend of mine, and also one of the smartest people I know. Okay, this is going to be a compliment sandwich here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he spends all week working on the next session, drawing detailed maps, handwriting pages of notes and details, all for a very interesting story. Here we go. However, this made him an on-the-rails DM. 
very on rails. So the point of God mode removing stuff from the world in general on a whim to keep players from accessing them. Oh, danger warning! Yeah, let's just stop right. I can just stop you right there with, uh, yeah, don't ever run a game by that level fiat. The story was travel the world. Oh, good heavens, what fantasy story isn't? Collect the artifact pieces and keep Armageddon from happening. Simple enough. However, there is no going outside of this narrative. The players were all summoned by an employer to go to a town. However, this was all the info we were given. He told us to make perception checks. No reason, just do it. Everyone else got theirs and all somehow ended up at a random bar. My character missed a perception roll and got lost in a city. Wow, exciting. Yeah. Uh, summon Garmin. So rather than give me any more information, he just sends his NPC to go and drag me back into the bar. Okay, all right, so all right, so let's pause there for a second. So they have a perception roll. They go off. All right, a chance for something interesting to happen. No, no, no it's not no, a no. chance for something. No, no, no the no. perception roll. Apparently, you failed your roll, so now you're lost in the city. But wait. His NPC will rescue you yeah. and bring you to the bar where you were supposed to go had you made your perception roll, which didn't you idiot. matter. Yes, <laughs> you, idiot, you yeah. fool. Make a perception oh, yeah. check. Why have the perception roll in the first place? If exactly. you're just going to railroad them into there, yep. why not just say you all go to the bar? A bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was the NPC named Garmin or maybe Tom Tom? <laughs> <laughs> that would be worth it. You know, in a couple more years, no one will get that joke. That's true. Or yeah. at least, you know... Well, it'll all be called an earlier generation. I got that Super. reference. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, oh, the, 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 the horror stories? Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, carry on. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, yeah, he has an immortal know-it-all NPC that gives us our quest. <laughs> God, is this guy not... Is... Okay, I'm not saying like this is every. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, this is real people with point. real problems. Come on, yeah. like, they this, this is a guy who's hitting every point on my "don't do it." <laughs> <in the game. laughs> like I'll, the only thing I think he could do to possibly take this up a notch is whip out his dick. Uh, <laughs> have you read the whole email yet? You don't know. <laughs> okay, no, no. So we may get to that. Uh, so we're sent out to find one piece of the artifact. Party troubles aside, that's a different email. We have to rescue the mayor's daughters from goblins. We find the goblin cave, and I have an idea. My bard has a cantrip that allows him to summon a sound anywhere he wants, and that could be anything from a whisper to roar. Okay, he's a bard. He's going to use bardic stuff. Awesome. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right? so as a GM, you're like, dude, you're a bard. Go do bard stuff. Right. Hey, right. it sounds like a clever use of a power. So Absolutely. yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be yeah. I'd... So I get an idea. I want to have an ear-piercing screech come from inside the goblin's helmet. Nice. Okay, I figured this would give us an advantage, or at least distract them long enough to get the drop on them. Instead, I was met with, that won't do anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> um, we ended up just barging in and killing everyone. No tactics, no roleplay, no opportunity to be players, just attack. Mm. Okay... Uh, uh, remember, this is a horror story. He's not actually asking for help. He's relaying. He's, he's relaying. just telling the horror story. Okay, because yes. I, I, I said through. the only advice I can come up with here is is 
Yeah, it's not going to be terribly. Good. I know, we're guys. We want to fix this, but he's he's just saying this right, is right, a different Right, right, okay, okay, okay. So we got to treat this like a woman. He just yes. wants to be. Yeah, our advice right. is join a LARP and then use an LARP <laughs> to steal all the players from yes. this game and save them. <laughs> Don't kill me. Well played. Bring that back around. Well played. <laughs> all right, continuing with the horror story. So let's skip to the next session where we have to break into a dungeon and get another artifact piece. Again, I try using any of my spells, and again, they don't work. <laughs> also, you just wasted your spells oh, for the day. Oh, my God. I, table flips. Dude, okay, I've, I've played under game masters like this. I'm and sorry. The thing I pretty bluntly told them is if you want to tell me a story, that's 100% cool. Mm-hmm. I'm you still know, steaming about the, the screaming in the helmet not working, because ghost sound... Is one of my favorite spells as a bard. Right? <laughs> I incited a race game by having the sounds of racial slurs against, I think it was uh, ogres or something, come out of one character's NPC's mouth. It's just so much fun. I, and as a bard, you were limited, really, with what you could do anyway, let's face it. But And, and I love bards! <laughs> Which is why I play them, but yeah. Come on, yeah, really? It just... automatically doesn't work, and now your spells are gone. I mean, dude, if you want to tell a story, that's cool. <laughs> now you're still a bard. way to do it. So not, not only did, did the handful of effective spells you have not useful, but, and you're still a bard. Yeah, okay. All right, let's not, let's not get caught up, though, because this is a lot longer email. Yeah. So let's hold, and yeah, let's yeah, like yeah. wait till the end, and we'll bash them. But I'm okay. getting so judgy. It's awesome. Wait wait till the end when I could say then and, what I was going to say now, which is I just get in the car and go home. Yeah, yeah. then we I'm, smile. At the end, I'm out. Right. So three sessions in, and I am not allowed to be a bard. I'm halfway with a crossbow. All I do is shoot stuff. We get entered into the tournament. I'm hyped. I'm ready, and I get into battle. I cast heat weapon. Do you have the spell components for that? <laughs> Keep in mind, up to this point, he's never required them. So suddenly, the list of spells I have are worthless. Well, you had time to do it before the tournament. To which I say bullshit because all he asked us is what do you do? No hinting that spell fuel was now required. <clears throat> Needless to say, we lost the tournament and the trophy, which had an artifact piece in it, was lost to some other adventurers. So rather than have us find a way to get the trophy from them, he says his NPC already knows them and they just hand it over no problem. Oh! <laughs> fuck! Wow. So this is like when they split the last part of a trilogy into two movies. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> Fuck them for that shit. Alright, continue. Sorry. Fuck those guys. Yeah. I don't have any rage about that at all. But by this time, I'm down the street in my car. Just, I'm just <laughs> Cussing at the top I'm, of your lungs like I just did. Okay, continue. On my way home. Okay, last, let's skip over. No, skip no, because over. this one sentence is awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed, this. I missed the sentence there. The man who hired us Went, uh, went and hired someone else in case we lost. <laughs> 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 well, the GM rails include the GM rails are complete except for he has planned for the contingency that you fail. <laughs> yeah, and I love this. Isn't call me better, but I call bullshit. I it's <laughs> like when you get on a roller coaster and notice there are nets and airbags below it. You start to rethink your choice of getting on that roller coaster to begin with. <laughs> um, so let's skip over to the last session. A lot has happened. Killed bad guys. Talked to dragons. 
but all the absolutely nothing we do actually contributing because BM has other people in the background making sure we get the MacGuffin anyhow. You go to my bard's hometown. My backstory, which he had read already, says that I hate my parents. It also says that my dad was a human. My mom was an elf, and I turned out this way. But no, get to town. Turns out my dad is mayor, which was wrong because I said my dad was a musician by trade and hated politics, and he's missing. <laughs> so I go to find my parents, which is needed to unlock a vault, and turns out my parents are both halflings. So he's a half elf who's suddenly a halfling. So at this point, I'm down the freeway. <laughs> driving home <laughs> yeah or, or, or half into a bottle of jack and just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, i haven't gotten to the part where i stop at the bar yet that that's coming after a few more paragraphs it is one of the more passive aggressive things you can do is just start getting lit oh yeah <laughs> really uh, strange you think i would have remembered what race they were yeah, that's... Well, uh, Rachel Dole's all thing going on here. Um, oh, yeah, I did because I wrote them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Dole's all did that, too. So I find my parents, and my dad says, we three are needed to play our instruments to unlock the vaults. <laughs> also strange because I said my backstory, my mom was a wizard and couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Funny how she learned how to become a master musician in that time. And a half so get, Yeah, okay. so we get to the vault, and I say this. I have perform. I'm going to make my perform role to try and do this right. He says, you just do it. <laughs> As opposed to we fall into, from you just do it to it didn't work. Right, right. Now I'm at the bar. It was at this point I lost it. I say how the entire campaign, I've been a bard, that it isn't allowed to sing, my music does nothing, and the one time would actually make a difference, you don't let me roll it, and it just happens. He says, and I quote, you had plenty of opportunities to be a bard before. Better luck next time. <laughs> oh, that needs to be on a t-shirt. Oh my god, that's so awesome. You have plenty of opportunities to be a bard before. Better luck next time. Um, how many musicians? Ugh. <laughs> Think about all the exposure you were getting this whole time. Right! Oh, yeah! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's better than money. Exactly. You're a bard. Oh, yeah. You should be lucky to be alive. <laughs> Think about all the people that know your name that are would have heard for you, not for this opportunity. So, thoughts? Also, sorry for the length of the email. If this gets read, I'll send another telling you about the rest of the party. <laughs> awesome work on the podcast, as always. I don't know if want to give this guy's name as much as we're... Well, he wrote it. Isaac from Texas, Drill 88 on the forum. I, uh, doubt, I doubt his GM listens to any podcasts on RPGs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be a better so, person for it. He doesn't did. listen to ours, obviously. <laughs> I don't think he listens to any Or of Fear them. the Boot. Uh, You're in Texas, get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that gets I know me a completely different direction here. Like, I don't get in the car and drive away at this point, no. That NPC would have pissed me off. I would be doing, because I know uh, Ghost Sound is a cantrip. I'm ghost sounding farts out of him every time he tries to talk. <laughs> oh, it no, you wouldn't. Work. No, you wouldn't. It yeah, wouldn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Yeah. work. I, anyway, I played under, yeah. I mean, not literally this GM, but GM's exactly like this, where you're basically just a passenger to their narration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
everything that's going to happen and how it's going to happen and why it's going to happen, your background, your work, your roles, your skill, your character sheet, they just are completely irrelevant to everything. Yep. And anything that you can even argue just might be relevant will be made irrelevant. Yeah. See, I never counterdict a GM when they're uh, when they're going, but I think in this story after everything they went through, when they reached the town and he finds out all this about his family, I would have looked at the GM in front of everyone at the table and just said, hey, can I make a bardic knowledge roll to figure out what warped reality? <laughs> See, and, and the GM, here's the thing. This is a horror story. He's relating how bad this person is. And the frightening thing about all this is this shit is still going on. This is what people deal with. This is what they think gaming yeah. is. Yeah, well, and he says, I mean, he says they're friends, so I'm guessing that's why he's sticking around. Probably. I think of the friends, he ought to at least have a sit down with the GM. And he has a, it probably has a bromance, because he does say he's the smartest person he knows. Okay, okay. so maybe there's... Go ahead. Maybe there's a bromance there, but when I played under a GM like that, I had that real time with him. You know, I sat down, and, and we had that talk, and I said, man, this, this isn't fun, this is bullshit, this is... Wrong. This is not what a role-playing game is supposed to be, and I mean it helped. I, I don't know if it magically fixed everything, but it helped. Yeah, if I they're think friends, he needs to have that talk with them. Yeah, he maybe definitely... he should come to the next game and say, "Hey, I want to run the next set, the next storyline." That's a great option too. Yeah, I think you know, and a lot of people are stuck. Like they're in smaller towns. They've got, if they're lucky, five people that they can game with. Unless they start doing like online gaming, yeah. So it's sort of like he may be stuck with these people, and I, I yeah, I don't know. It's it sucks, but hopefully it's better now. Maybe the, this is a story. The thing about horror ago. stories is, and, and here's the, the the light at the end of the tunnel is that he knows this sucked. He knows this was a bad thing, and and he's relaying this to us as a uh, cautionary tale. The light at the end of the tunnel is these stories are great to listen to. Yes. I mean, yeah. I feel bad for all these people out there. <laughs> yes. But if they weren't suffering through this, I wouldn't have the entertainment of listening to the horror stories on the, the podcast. <laughs> and how so, much well, do we you... learn from listening to these, too? We're like, oh, yeah, don't be like that guy. Yeah. However, I'm totally going to steal the idea of uh, <laughs> another group being hired to do the same job as the party. Like, used correctly, that's like... Gold oh, that's right like there. The bread and butter shadow run if you're running it right. Yeah, right? it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Like such a great idea. Too bad. I, or if, it if wasn't... you're if you're playing like a, a sort of low or mid level superhero game. Yeah. Oh, there's that other group across town. Yeah. Did you hear they stopped a bank robbery? Yeah, the yeah. Avengers huh. the Avengers were on it. I don't know what the Justice League was doing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You guys sat around and like, you know, talk to my experience points and they went out and killed them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a very cool storyline little twist to have there yeah horror stories are a bittersweet for us we i i love to hear them and yet every time i hear them i'm like oh no, it, it just it just raises your ire your their hackles yeah. but they, it reinvigorates our passion for yes! improving the yes ands and all those things that tim was talking about that we know earlier they 
they hurt me and, and way, down, d- way down deep where it hurts fix the it. most. We want to fix them. Were your li- bathing like suit them. covers where no one's supposed to touch you? Yeah, they hurt okay. me I like there. them because I like watching people suffer. <laughs> <laughs> you are an angry man. I am. I don't think this guy's looking for a solution anyway. I mean, just no, read no, between no. the lines. They're I not. think this is catharsis. Yes. It is. <laughs> the gaming nightmares are just venting. He he knows exactly what went wrong, which is why he shared. And thank you for sharing. Yes. yes. It, 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 is, you, it is like, you know, going to psychotherapists like... Today I fucked up. I sat in the game and it sucked, and here's why. Yeah. Where is bartender? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) We are. I think the stories I really appreciate are the ones you guys have had on lately. The GM confessionals. Yeah. Yeah, We have all done things that we regret running a game. Uh, So I get such a kick out of hearing other people go through their mistakes. Yeah. Because those stories, at least, you know something got better. Because right. somebody realized they mis- made their mistake, and now they're a better GM from it. The horror stories, this stuff's usually still going on. No, you're right. <laughs> no, you know what? You were absolutely right. This somewhere out there, this guy is still leading people yeah. down the path of darkness. That GM is still telling people, "No, that didn't work." <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance to act like a bard. Bar. You had. You, damn it! You missed your chance. Not my Better fault. Next time. If only you had gathered your ingredients before, which I never told you was important. Ah, oh, it would have been so great. But fortunately, my NPC is here to rescue the day. Ha ha! Neener, neener on you. Yeah. Because it's about winning. If you're the GM, obviously. Of course, clearly you have to win the Dungeons and Dragons. Clearly, especially when it's advanced. <laughs> yes. The plus side is at least he doesn't have to win by killing all the players in this case. Oh. He no, he just kills their by... souls. <laughs> yeah. Will to live. He's winning by having the NPCs do it, so he's just doing it himself. Right. <laughs> That's true. Oh, this guy's point. an asshat. It's so but it is an awesome horror story. I, I, I give them I give them that. Yeah. So like Dan, are you running any games right now? No, I am not. You're not? Nothing? No, I know I probably should have an answer to that. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, all this, you know, cool stuff and so innovative and, you know, all these Did great you, ideas. And hey, hey, Dan, blah, blah, blah. do you not have time to run a game because of your podcast <laughs> on RPGs? <laughs> hey, Dan. Yes, and. Yes, yes and. and. Yes, I am running a game. And, <laughs> and, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Wayne? Are you running anything right now? Not at the moment. We have multiple GMs within the group, and we mm-hmm. just basically trade the hats. Uh, so right now, one of the other guys is running, and I'm putting together all the games that I have, basically all the one-shots that are coming up, because I have a lot of those I'm doing between a... Uh, basically, a get-together where a bunch of us have rented out a cabin, and we're just kind of going to meet up for a weekend to do what we refer to as ManCon. That's awesome. And then, uh, that and is, then that's another crazy. local convention that's being put together... Actually, you guys gave a shout out to it. Uh, I think a week or so ago, DrewCon Drew yeah. coming up. Yeah, I'm going to be going to that, and I'm going to run a couple games there too. So um, I'm putting all of those together right now while someone else runs the regular game. I guess that is the one thing I'm prepping to run is this coming weekend. I'm going to a wedding in Minnesota, and uh, the guy that's getting married is a longtime listener of our podcast. Maybe yours is why. I honestly just don't know. But uh, for his bachelor party, he wants me to run a uh, ship and ship Star Trek game uh, using the old uh, FASA console-based rules. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. I don't know what's weirder, that you were asked to run a game at a bachelor party 
or I've been asked by people at work to run a lunchtime D&D game. I think the bachelor party's weirder. Because cause it's weird to have, like, ship-to-ship combat when the stripper is trying to work. <laughs> it's a bachelor isn't party, that a, right? I say, isn't that a part of it? Aren't the strippers going to actually be playing the game? Uh, I don't know at this point. That was originally <laughs> part of... No, all sorts of stuff was originally part of the intention. Was that it was going to be... It, well, it takes, it takes 11 people to do one to uh, run the game and then five on each ship. And uh, it was originally intended that some number of those people were going to be strippers that were just playing Star Trek with us. But I, there were some complications on the planning side, so I, I don't know if there are still strippers in the game or not. I but. think the complication is they probably went to the strippers and said, hey, this is what we'd like you to do. And they're like, you know, I'll take my money off for, for I'll take my clothes off for money, but I have some dignity. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, what was that? No, what does that mean about the, the people in Vegas? They called in the stripper to like play the cleric. To play the were, cleric. It, yeah, the people were right. like, "I'm sorry, our girls don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have standards. We have standards. <laughs> you freaks. I'll call you all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play the fighter, but I'm not playing no fucking cleric. Fuck you guys. You guys yeah, I weird. think that's what it was. They want to so. Play so let me add this DrewCon thing. From my understanding, started because you guys aren't doing Fear the Con this year. Is that correct? Correct. What's happening is the place where we normally have Fear the Con is actually not going to physically exist for a year. No. Uh, the building apparently used to be a church or something like that, and it, it's not super old, but it's a little bit old. And they want to change up the space and modernize it a bit, so they're actually tearing the building down. Mm-hmm. And it so it literally won't exist this summer, uh. but I, it will be rebuilt by next year. And so we're like, well, I guess what we'll just do is rather than try and find another location and reconfuse everybody and all this stuff, we'll just take a year off, um, kind of you know recoup a little bit psychologically, and then come back at it. Yeah, so we we needed a break. Basically, though, after we told them this, the general response was, fuck you, we're coming to town anyway. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. People are just still coming into town anyway on the weekend when it would have been, and uh, they're just renting out some conference rooms in the hotel and just having a fan con there. You know what, though? That is amazing. That's really cool. Kudos to you guys. That is so cool. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's totally cool they're doing it. We we're, we're thrilled they're doing it. I'm going to be in attendance at it. Um, yeah, you but, better. Yeah, so, but it is it is happening because for the con itself is yeah. not happening. Yeah, I'm running two games so far. I've got on the schedule. One is the every year I run a bard's bard game at uh, Fear the Con, and it's a essentially it's a game where the party are all bards, mm-hmm. and the intention is that this is a very comedic, <clears throat> wrong in every way game. So what this system? year I'm running. Uh, it's been different systems. I started with Pathfinder, then I just went to Fate. But it really doesn't matter what the system is because it's just all about being wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> so this Wait, year's tell, game. Tell them the setup I gave you for last year's game. Uh, what was I'm trying to remember? The last year's setup game was that they they were part of a guild. It was the That's core right. bard. So there's a bardic core. And, and they the were looking core. for the horn that provided them all their music. And so the Bardcore Horn. Exactly. So there was a game about searching for Bardcore Horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my the God. Town were, the town they were in was oh. the web. So they had to search the web for the Bardcore Horn. <laughs> oh. 
I actually had a sheet of just oh, punk so bad. that I introduced throughout it. I, I really hope they didn't go to a, a hut that had to stow thrones. <laughs> oh, that's so I had, bad. Uh, like, Cousin It from Adam's Family. Yeah. There was an area of that, and there was one that was red. It was the red It. Oh. <laughs> Dude, oh. I was so to play that game. That's so me. That's yeah. so me right there. Yes, well, you're it hurting is. my this, soul. This year's <laughs> setup is uh, Bards in Space. Nice. The Bards find a spaceship. And they decide they're going to return it home. And by return it home, I mean steal it. Nice. It's not pigs in space. It's bards in space. Nope. Bards in space. Oh. And I was inspired by the end of uh, History of the World. In Jews space. in space. Yeah. Yep. In space, nobody can hear you play. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad I, musician joke. I should probably end it. Huh? Yeah, we've been on yeah. it for a long time. Thank you guys for coming on. I yeah. appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, it is always fun. Come again. Yeah, you guys are in a different time zone. It's got to be like, I don't know, five in the morning over there. Uh, it is one in the morning. Oh, it's one. Hey, it was, it was super great to meet you guys in well, so yeah, much as we we'll do. We'll give a cross plug here that on the next episode of our show, we're going to have you guys over. So, Yay. Stu, who's joining you? Uh, it's going to be me and Stork. Okay, Sorry, you got me again. Wow. Stu and Stork on from the booth this coming week. This might actually be the apocalypse because you have the two worst rollers in the world. Uh, you and me? I've been on a podcast together. Yeah. You and me, man? Let's <laughs> solidarity, <laughs> brother. Solidarity. <laughs> One year we have to go out to Fear the Con. Oh, absolutely. And actually, oh, yeah. every year you have to go out to Fear the Con. Every year, right. Yeah. Well, not this Including year. Including this year when it's not occurring. going to fly over the Rockies, though. My ears yeah. pop. Yeah, we see. We just have to start our own con ear. too. Yeah, we need. We need. So there'll uh, be JackerCon yeah. and. Well, there is JackerCon. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, did your fans ever decide what they're called? Because that was something I challenged them on. Some. No. 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 The so they haven't decided for Jackers. Boxy Boggarts had liver donors, or... but we we don't actually have Happy Jackers. I think they're Happy Jackers. I think Jackers, they... Happy Jackers. It's kind of like what they've settled on. The the fan con that they started, which is all online, it's all Google Plus. It's JackerCon. So I would say probably Jackers. That that fits our our podcast yeah. well. Yeah. Us and all our Jackers. And then <laughs> sometimes the Jackers go off. Because we're so disorganized you know. and what? really sometimes the Jackers they, they define themselves. <laughs> They're Jacker off. The bar for a horn. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's so. You cannot funny. tell me this is the first thing you think of when you hear the word Jacker. What? Masturbation. What? <laughs> what? That's what it means? My God, Kenny, <laughs> your no This is a family show. <laughs> Thank God we didn't call Jesus. it WankerCon. Now I'm fired. And you're... Uh, oh, fine. Oh, and she should work with children. That is not me, by the way. Just, I just want to make this clear to everyone. That is me. The sneeze is me. The moaning sounds not me. Okay, go ahead. So she already took it down into the gutter when they found the Bardcore horn. It was... <laughs> It was a very old trombone that was covered in rust. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And on that note, can we have the Russian Imperial Anthem? For God's sakes, please save us. <laughs> Where listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast Weekend. Thank you for joining us for Season 16, Episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Stork. I am Tim. And thank you to oh sorry, and thank you to Dan and Wayne for joining us. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. 
and we'll see you next week on Fear the Boot. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Or, or is it Beer the Food? Beer the Food. It's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. We'll leave you with a song. stood a filing his hammer laid by but his forge still aglow when to him a buxom young damsel came smiling and asked if to work at her forge he would go with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle the smith and they went off together along to the young damsel's forge they did go they stripped to go to twas hot work in hot weather she kindled his fire and soon made him blow with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang She said no good work could afford her His strength and his tools were worn out long ago The smith said, well, mine are in very good order And now I am ready my skill for to show With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, hi-ho Red hot grew his iron, his boasted desire And he was too wise not to strike what was so Quoth she, what I get, I get out of the fire Then pray strike